radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Here's Ehlers. Through center, slickly into the zone. Puts on the brakes, throws it in front. Loose puck there. Picks up rebound, scores. Paul Stasty makes it 2-0 Winnipeg. Well, we talk... This goal has started with that speed through the neutral zone. We've talked a lot about the transition of both of these teams, and it's Ehlers coming through the neutral zone here with so much speed. For Saturday, July 31st, 2021, it's uh, it's a uh, free agency edition of the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, and uh, I am uh, Jim Skull, still, have been this whole time. I would say, like, uh, the most average knowledge thing, like the average human knowledge thing that I don't know off by heart is how many days are in every month. And really? so, well, like, I know the rhyme, but, like, I don't even do the rhyme in my head sometimes. Do like, you know the Knuckles? I've heard the Knuckles thing. I don't okay. care. Again, I, don't, I just don't, it's one of those things I don't care about it. Oh, all right. So, I had initially put down in the spreadsheet that this episode was for August 1st, and I'm like, no, this feels like a 31-dayer, you know? Yeah. Like, July feels like a long one. Yeah. So I had to check. and Well, July 31st, and I know we're a big fan of birthdays on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I'll get uh, some ready. July 31st, a happy birthday, Harry Potter. Oh. That's that's his birthday in the books there. You you know. You're a Harry Potter guy? Well, I read the books. Yeah. I don't like the movies. Did you read all of them? Oh, yeah. I don't think I got through all of them. Really, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, you know why it's Harry Potter's birthday? Because it's J.K. Rowling's yeah, birthday. she yeah. sucks, though. But Harry so. Potter's pretty cool. Um, He's a nice guy. Well, what do we got here? Uh, oh, I'm I'm Brutes Bataglia. It's not my birthday. Uh, Rico Rodriguez turns 22. That's Manny from uh, Modern Family. Mm. Oh, 22, uh, eh? that's, fuck! That's crazy. My guy, Mark Cuban, 62 today. Go Mavericks. Matt Shadows. Why does that ring a bell? That's the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold, my guy. Oh, because it's his actual name. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just I think of him as M Shadows. He's yeah. 39. Still not forty. Love that. <laughs> we crazy. love that. Like those guys are. Uh, those guys are fucking. Those guys awesome. are like like less than ten years older than I am. That's fucked. That's great. <laughs> Bj Novak's forty one. Uh, it it uh, little man. It would have been Jose Fernandez's twenty ninth birthday today mm-hmm. as well. Happy birthday uh, to Zach Brown of Zach Brown Band. Mm-hmm. Turns forty two. AJ Green turns thirty two. You remember last week there was like four birthdays. It's like everyone. Uh, Wesley Snipes fifty eight. Wesley Snipes. Uh, I thought he was older. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a weird one. I could have gone either way. Uh, Freddie Quimby, uh, mayor of Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, mayor of Springfield. Uh, we got anybody else? Uh, I think that's everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, lots to get to. Yeah. Um, uh, August 1st birthdays. Uh, wow. wow. Well, yeah. it's the August long weekend. So hopefully you're listening to this at the at the mm. cottage or the camp. Yeah, not for me. Having but. a few beers, a couple of brewskis, as it were. You know, mm. or, or you know, seltzers are fine. 
know. This, is, this has always been a weird one for me. It's not a long. It's never been a long weekend for me. Like in my in my line of work, so like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think of it as a long weekend. But I'm sure everyone else is having a lovely time. This was the one weekend I always booked off from Superstore. I used to take holidays yeah. and usually trips, but mm-hmm. uh, there's no yeah. real point this year. That's fair for a, for a holiday or trip. Where are you gonna go? Right. Um, well, a lot of people went a lot of different places because free agency Ooh. happened. So. Uh, we're going to get to that. There's some trades. Uh, obviously, day two of the draft happened since we talked last. Uh, so we're going to go day by day. Day by day. And uh, day by day just by day. kind of update everybody listening at home. There was a, a record-breaking number of deals signed uh, in free agency thus far. You could argue this is the busiest episode in the history of the Laced Up Hockey podcast, to be quite honest with you. So. If, if we spent... So, what did we do? We wasted the first three minutes right. on birthdays. If, if we spend, like, five seconds per signing, it's still <laughs> going to take us, like, six hours. So Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, the good news is, everybody listening to this knows how long the episode is, so hopefully it's not actually six hours. But 224 we'll signings oh completed in the first three days me? of free agency. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some guys I don't know. Well, I'm sure the first signing isn't anything big that yeah. we're going to need to talk about, well, right? Probably not. Um, but we've got <laughs> well, trades going simultaneously, so we're going to be hopping back and forth. It's going to be all over the place, but look, crack a beer, put your feet up on the on, on the deck or the cottage or the couch or your desk at work if you have to work, uh, but just, just get comfy because it's going to be a long haul today. Well, the easiest thing you could do is we're going to take, like we said, day by day, so we'll tell you the date, and then just try to remember what you were doing on that day. Like, put yourself back in those shoes. So, for example, we're going to start from July 24th and go on. Yeah. And if you're looking for something to remember, it was Jennifer Lopez's birthday that day. That would be your benchmark there. And who so, amongst us could have forgotten that? Well, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm sure it rings a bell. Uh, let's, let's start with a trade. Okay. okay. Let's start with a trade. Sure. All right. There was so, a lot. Uh, July 24th. The Columbus Blue Jackets mm. reacquire uh, Jacob Voracek in exchange for uh, forward Cam Atkinson. Mm-hmm. A hockey trade. Yeah. That's cool. That's an interesting one. For one. one. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I think both teams are probably going to benefit a little bit for for the purposes of what they're looking to accomplish uh, with these two guys moving forward. Uh, Cam Atkinson, real good goal scorer. Philadelphia Flyers. Void of goal scorers, so you know. I think I think this works for both teams. Yeah, I like it a little better for Philadelphia. I would say. I I mean, like here, it's it's obvious that Jacob Voracek has the higher ceiling, but he hasn't really reached his ceiling over the last three years. So, you know, I I don't know if Voracek really is what he used to be anymore. It might be, you know, he may be past his prime. Uh, like he'll be thirty two in a few weeks. So. I think I like it better for Philadelphia just because I think Cam Atkinson has a little bit more left in the tank. Mm-hmm. But there's no question, height of their powers, Jacob Voracek is for sure the better player. So, yeah. uh, we'll now, see. when's the last time, do you think, Jacob Voracek had a guy on his line that he could feed passes to that was as good at scoring goals as Patrick Laine? Uh Was it Cam Atkinson back in Columbus in 2010? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Like he played a lot of years with Giroux. Um, do you do you think Giroux's a goal scorer though? Well, I've, I've never considered him that. 
is Patrick Laine a goal scorer at this point? Like, oh, well, <laughs> if he's anything, he's a goal scorer. I, I, I get it. Uh, well, yeah, but just just because a guy does one thing and the one thing is scoring goals doesn't mean he's also good at that. Like, you know, uh, Brandon Saad is a goal scorer and he's he's hit 30 like once. So, I, I don't know that I... Eh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it might work. But it's, again, it's one of those things is Voracek still a productive playmaker. I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I'm a huge Voracek guy. Yeah. I'm My like only it. concern with this trade is I... Haven't heard much from Gritty since the trade, and I am worried that the Flyers traded the guy who actually controls Gritty, well, just because they look the same. Say, if you pull so, up the profile pic, it's yeah. hard to say. It's it's really hard to differentiate, you yeah. know. And that smile seems to fade. Like if you go to Hockey DB and you click on it, the smile fades as he gets older, right? So, you know, maybe he just slowly morphed into Gritty, and no one really noticed. That would explain why he wasn't putting up a lot of points for the Flyers. That, that he was actually sense. working yeah. as the mascot during the yeah. games. Uh, also traded July 24th, uh, Devin Levi in a 2022 conditional first uh, in exchange for Sam Reinhardt. So Reinhardt to the Panthers. The Sabres get a pretty good goaltending prospect by all accounts and a uh, first-round pick mm-hmm. from Florida in exchange for a guy that might be cooked. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I... I... There were a lot of people online that were just like, uh, wow, I can't believe the Sabres only got that for Reinhardt. And it was like, well, <laughs> you know, like, you know, what the hell really is Sam Reinhardt? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he's a good, on a good team, he's a good second-line winger. What the hell, like, what, what do you think that's worth? Like, that's not worth a fucking plethora of picks and prospects. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the same league where months ago Taylor Hall got traded for a second-round pick and whatever, and everyone was like, yeah, that's a fair deal. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, what what the fuck was he really going to get traded for? It, it It's, I think, a really good return for Buffalo. I think they should be very happy. They got uh, one of the best goaltending prospects in the league that no one talks about because he was buried behind Spencer Knight. Yeah, you know, and that's just it, right? Florida didn't need both of those guys. No, smart, um, smart trade for them, too. Like, I actually... I really like it for them, even though they gave up maybe yeah. more than you would give up for Reinhardt. I think Reinhardt is a good fit there too. So I, I've I've always really liked Sam Reinhardt, and I've always wanted to see like when he went second overall to Buffalo. I remember as a Leaf fan um, back in 2014, thinking like, "Oh fuck!" Like their Buffalo's coming, right? And they never came, but um, still coming. I I like I still like waiting. Sam Reinhardt a lot, and uh, I think. I think you can get a lot more out of him when you put him in a better situation, mm-hmm. like like Florida for sure. Yeah. Also, I uh, didn't realize this till just this moment. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, happy birthday! Shares a birthday with me. Oh, that's neat. Happy birthday, that's guys! The second NHL that I know shares a birthday with me. Who's the first? Eric Cole. Oh, well, I think my current. Uh, I share a birthday with uh, Matt Stajan and Andre Markov. I think are my guys. So hey, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! Oh, Corey Stillman too. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. It's not bad. Um, let's see. Anybody else traded that day? slowly just becoming a birthday yeah. podcast. Yeah. I know, because I, I didn't tell anyone what we were doing for our season finale. It's actually just going to be an episode we're just going to talk about yeah. our favorite birthday parties. Top I 10 birthday parties. Yeah. best. Yeah. Uh, it's all the, the only, movies. The only other thing that happened on July 24th was uh, that the Colorado Avalanche uh, gave a six-year extension to RFA defenseman Kale McCarr worth $9 million a year. Boy, howdy, is that going to look real good in a year or two. Wow. Um, wow. 
Yeah, I I, re- I really like the deal. Obviously, I don't I don't really know why you wouldn't. Um, like if you're gonna nitpick, yeah, obviously you would like Kale McCarr signed for eight years instead of six. Uh, but if the number's ten and a half instead of nine, you know, it kind of counteracts each other anyway. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> like, a very good deal. What the hell, like, what, you know? Th- this is a guy who has a chance to be the best defenseman in the National Hockey League very soon. If he isn't already, some people probably would think that. I don't. Um, and... You know, he's getting paid less than, you know, at the time of the deal, less than maybe five or six guys in the league. I think the number is going to be eight or nine by the end of the summer. But Well, let's put it this way. Uh, 24 hours prior, uh, another team gave Seth Jones $9.5 million right. per year, right? right. So, like... And, I, and I'm so far the other way. I would have been the, no, let's not sign Seth Jones for a year because let's find out if he's still like an NHL defenseman a year from now because he's going more the Ristolainen route than the Kale McCarr route. Yeah. So, uh, Kale McCarr comes in, wins the Norris, uh, sorry, the, the Calder in his first year, finishes ninth for Norris voting as a rookie, uh, finishes second, runner-up for the Norris in his second year, twelfth uh, in Hart voting. Like this is what you pay the Norris quality guys in the league is, is this number. And as you said, we're going to find out that that is not what teams are paying uh, non-Norris guys in this league. But he, mm-hmm. he's one of them. Whether he wins one or not, he's going to be, I would say, um, in the conversation at least, you know, like a top 10 Norris type of, type of defenseman for the next, what, 10 years? I I, I, I would imagine. Look, looks that way at yeah. least, yeah. Yeah. Um... Two for two. <laughs> you know. If he's able to stay healthy, like, he he is, uh, at this point, reminds me of young Eric Carlson, if young Eric Carlson was somewhat defensively responsible. Yeah. Yeah, like, because, like, it's not like Kale McCarr is a fucking shutdown guy or anything like that, but he's capable defensively. Like, he plays, he, he, he knows what end of the rink uh, he's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. 94 points in 101 uh, COVID-shortened play, uh, career games for mm-hmm. Kel McCarr. So. Yeah, we, we love him. Real good deal for them. Um, no trades on the 25th, but a couple of signings. Uh, Mark Stahl, local boy. Hey! Whoa! Hey, wow. Oh! Uh, back with the Red Wings. <laughs> well, uh, one-year oh. deal, $2 million. Look. It's just nice to see his name. It's just, I was going to say, like, I just, like, you got a job. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you got a job next year, buddy. Like, Doing better than Jared. Uh, Trevor Moore also uh, re-ups wow. with the LA Kings from relief, two-year deal yep. at a $1.8 million cap hit. I don't, I don't really know. Like This is one of those guys Like I like to kind of follow guys after they leave my team and mm-hmm. you know just because it's usually going well for them. Um, I've never really followed Trevor Moore after he left. I, I assume it's going well because he's no longer with the cursed team. Um, but no, he's he's a he's a third line winger on just about any team in the league. He twenty three points in fifty six games this year. Uh, huge ass, massive ass. So you Not can't personality. You can't combine. Oh no. Well, right. I mean, I don't no, know the no, guy, no, but uh, by all accounts, all accounts, accounts people. Like, uh, yeah. He's probably an ass, but yeah, it reminds me of the Happy Gilmore line. You should see my neighbor, the accountant. Huge ass. Huge ass. Yeah. Yeah. Huge ass. Okay, for sure. More. Yep. 
Uh, we love him. Let's let's see here. The the twenty sixth. Trades the twenty sixth. Nothing but good guys so far. Yeah, true. Uh, the twenty sixth. Um, the the Leafs traded James Greenway, who I didn't know they had to the Bruins for yeah, future considerations. That's cool. Um, Anton Strawman, Vladislav Kolachonyuk, and a second round pick in twenty twenty four to the Coyotes in exchange for a seventh round pick in twenty twenty three to the Panthers. Just buying picks. Yep. Yep. Buying picks. Uh, the Strawman signing didn't work out for Florida. Who could have possibly foreseen mm. such a thing? No kidding. You know, it's almost like you shouldn't be going and giving multiple year deals to old defensemen on free agency day. I'm sure all the teams have learned, and we won't see any of that <laughs> once we I'm get to the signings. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. The fact that he had 19 points a year ago was shocking. Like, for a moment, I was like, holy shit, they're going to pull this off. And, yeah, it yeah. didn't really work out. But no. They tried. They came close. Hey, hell of a career for a guy that seems like a seemed like a fringe prospect yeah. for Toronto all those years ago. He True. was a fucking top-line pairing guy for most of the 2010s. So, you know, good for him. Uh, also on the 26th, the Winnipeg Jets send two second-round picks to the Capitals in exchange for defenseman Brendan Dillon. So they're finally addressing that defensive problem that uh, started around 2019. That's, that's, <laughs> cool. that's good. Yeah. Better late than never, I suppose. Yeah. It's a smart pick, I guess. I don't know. Like, Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's a hefty price for a guy who seems to be on the decline and has... Uh, what, I think three more years left on that deal. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, it's probably not going to age all that gracefully, but he, up until about a year ago, was, like we said last week, one of the best defensive defensemen in the National Hockey League, so I don't really think that, uh, you know, it's a horrible trade by any stretch. He's a guy who's yeah. going to step into their top six and probably fill a role that, for whatever reason, they weren't confident to have Dylan DeMello fill. This year, you know, Dylan is a better Dylan DeMello. Brandon Dylan is a better Dylan DeMello. Lots of Dylans. They still have DeMello, right? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah, we're also going to talk about Bob Dylan and his son Jacob Dylan now. Right. Yeah. All the Dylans. Dylan McDermott. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a, a logical move. It like I saw it and immediately I thought like, oh, it's great. They they got a bolster that defense. And then, like, I think they've made a few moves since then where it's like, yeah, maybe you gave up a little bit much for Brendan Dillon looking back on it. But, like, there's a clear goal here with this team, right? Like, you're, you're trying to improve the weakest part of your lineup. And sometimes you got to pay a little more than you'd like to to do so, right? Because I think, I think the offense is set. Goaltending is looking absolutely fine. So... It's an interesting one because it, it's it's one of those things like, you know, first off, Washington probably should have had, or sorry, Winnipeg probably should have had more leverage because Washington was in a situation where they more or less needed to move Dylan, but also, you know, was Washington maybe in a state of leverage as well because Winnipeg didn't want to go out and pay this money to a guy that isn't worth it, and at least yeah. they know with Brandon Dillon, like, when they when they signed this deal, we kind of looked at each other and said, "This is a great deal for Washington," and he just really wasn't all that great last year. But neither was the team. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, which which part of it is it? I, I don't know. But I, I, I like the fit for sure. Stylistically, uh, he's a perfect Paul Maurice guy. Uh, on the signing front, the Florida Panthers bring in a couple of defensemen on one-year deals. Lucas Carlson uh, and Noah Juleson. Cool. Yep. Frederick Allard uh, in Nashville for one year. Cool. Sure. Uh, Nathan Walker. Yep. He's the he's the Aussie. Uh, Australia, mate. The, the, the Aussie boy. Uh, he's in Austria, St. eh? <laughs> well, good day, mate. He's in Australia. <laughs> he's in Australia. He's in St. Louis for two years at League Men, so good for him. Yeah. Uh, Sam Bennett Bennett, according to TSN. <laughs> Sam Bennett Bennett on a uh, four-year deal with the Panthers at $4.4 million. Neat. There's a prospect in uh, Major League Baseball. Is, I, think, I I can't remember his first name. Oh, no, it's, it's Victor... Mesa Mesa or it's Victor Victor Mesa like that's his name like he has a double name kind of thing at one point it's it's great nice. I love him um Sam Bennett Bennett uh yeah wow talk about cashing in on uh, limited exposure yeah, it's a it's a weird one right because it's like you know uh you don't want to sign a guy to anything crazy because of a short-term short-term success or anything like that but like you know, it's not like Bennett went there and had eight points in fifteen games. Like he had fifteen points in ten games. Like he was one of their best forwards once he got there. He was very good. You know, something worked. Not on the scoreboard yeah. anyway, but he was very good in that playoff series. Um, I mean, he had five points, but yeah, I don't know. It, it seems to click. But the other side of it is, you know, it's not like they went and gave him seven million dollars for four years either. Like four, four point four is. I think what they thought he was going to be worth when they got him. I don't think they think he's a 15.10 game guy. I think they understand that he's, you know, a middle six forward for them. And um, they're paying him accordingly. So, uh, I'm happy for him. I'm, I hope he does. I hope he continues to do well there. Kristen Yaros, who was acquired in a trade on this day with the uh, Sharks, uh, signs a one-year deal with the Devils. Cool. Cool. That's a guy. Samuel Morin. Uh, he's back at one year at $750,000. Apparently he's a defenseman, but they're talking about playing him at forward. So we'll see. I, I'm i under the impression he's been playing forward for like a year or two now. Mm. So I think it's weird when he is listed as a defenseman. I don't know what the hell's okay. going on there. Uh, and Paul Stasny is back in a one-year deal with the Jets at $3.75 million. Yeah, take it away, King. So I can wear my jersey next year that I That's bought right. uh, on a splurge heat of the moment type of situation. Crazy. Yeah. Came really close to buying a Stasi jersey when they got him in 2017. Was talked off the ledge. Left as a free agent. Comes back. <laughs> I wait until like the last fucking week of the season that the Jets are alive for to buy a jersey. And then it's, oh, he might retire or not come back. So I'm really glad to see I'm going to have a full year. Or, well, at least some of a year to wear a, a, a Paul Stasny jersey that's relevant and current. So that's cool. Can I ask you something? Please. I don't want you to take this personally oh, either. Okay. What the hell is your deal with Paul Stasny? I don't know. You just love him. I just like him. And I get it. Like, I, I like him. He, he's cool. Like, but I, I, I don't know if it's like... Because like, I never saw his, his dad and uncles play, obviously. Like, they yeah. were all out of the league before I was watching hockey. But, like, just something about the family, I guess. I don't know. Like, I like families in hockey. I know there's a lot of them, but... 
Like okay, there, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Jesus Christ, wow, that's true. But no, like family. Like every Sutter that We're comes up, it's like, oh, it'd be really cool if this Sutter kid breaks through, right? <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, no, but like, like with Stasny, right? Like it's it's just one of those things where it's like his dad was such a legend. It's like oh, it'd be kind of yeah. cool if he could be cool too. Well, that that was why you lost me with the Sutter comparison. That's, it's like I don't they, give they, a they shit about the Sutters no, at all. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like like if Matt Sundin's kid showed up tomorrow in a draft, be like, okay. fuck yeah, let's go. Let's okay. go. Give me, give me uh, Nicholas Sundin. Hope he gets a hell of a career out of him, out of himself, right? Hmm. And then Paul has the big rookie season. I'm on board from the get go. Never lived up to it, but you know, say lovey. Mm, yeah. 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 Okay. I, all right. Yeah, I'm on board. Nice. Sure. Staff. I was never not. I guess, but yeah, I hope not. Uh, July 27th, the Chicago Blackhawks acquire. Vesna winner Mark Andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Mikhail Hakarainen. Now he must be Hakarainen. He must be real. Good. Hey Hakarainen. Wow. <laughs> is he um? <laughs> is that is he a real guy? He most recently played for the Indy Fuel of the ECHL. Ah, Fuel can be fired. Give me Mikhail Hakarainen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's what they sing when they do shows in his hometown of Helsinki, Finland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never heard of this player. Uh, uh, Hakarainen, of course. I've heard of the player going to the Blackhawks. It's the it's it's weird for obvious reasons, right? Like, it's, you know, it's a Vesna Trophy winning goaltender getting trade for uh, likely next to nothing. So I understand that. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird off season, man. Like the and and it, this is really the only circumstance too where you're ever going to see a Vesna Trophy winner get traded for nothing. And it's like, yeah, that's the right trade. <laughs> like, like this this was the right move. Aside from uh, maybe they should have told him that he was getting traded rather than just trading him. I don't like. What did like, what did they think? Mark Andre Fleury's a loose cannon. He was going to fucking lose his shit or something like. Seems like a pretty chill dude. Think you could have just told him, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's the right trade for Vegas. I think it's a fine risk for Chicago because they didn't give up a prospect or anything to do it. They just you know, let's trade for him, see if he plays, and if he plays, great. We yeah. we have a goaltender now, so uh, it's weird because he's obviously way better than the return, but it it kind of is a good trade for both teams. It made a lot of sense before I heard the whole, well, Flurry might retire scenario, right? Because, like, a lot of people were freaking out about, like, oh, he got traded for nothing. It's like, well, no, he didn't get traded for nothing. He got traded for cap space, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you send a goaltender who's very good to a team that needs a goaltender in exchange for cap space. And to me, that that's a fair deal. Whether there's a name coming back or not, that's a, that's a trade. Right, they're, they're, you, both teams are gaining something from this this transaction. What hurts is the idea that the Blackhawks might not get Mark Andre Fleury because he has claimed in the past that he wanted to retire in Vegas, and and there's some talk that he just might not play or, or report or might go elsewhere. Whatever the situation might be, the fact that you've now just given another Western Conference team. Seven yeah. million dollars of free cap space. Yeah. That looks bad. 
But if the ploy all along was, we need a goalie, here's a goalie, let's go get him. That's a fair move, I think. So um, I'm going to label this one as uh, remains to be seen in terms of how I feel about the final outcome uh, until once we really know what Fleury's going to do career-wise. Because I think it was a brilliant trade that a lot of people seem to not really understand and misjudge and for both out. teams or I, th- I think it was smart for both teams yeah like I, I uh, sm- smart for both teams like smart for Vegas for sure but like if Chicago is willing to talk themselves into the idea that we're still capable of getting into the playoffs and once we're there who knows because the Montreal Canadiens happened right like yeah I get it you've got tapes coming back you've got Kane you've got to bring Cat. Like, you've moved on from the anchors that are Keith and Seabrook. You've replaced them with the anchors the, that are the, the, anchor the Jones the Blue brothers. Line. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's... The brothers Jones. There's re- there's reasons to believe that the Blackhawks could make the playoffs. And if they have if they well, have Vesna quality yeah. goaltending, then... I get what you're saying. Yeah. I personally think they'd be better with Osmosis Jones on the fucking blue line than the Jones that they have right now. But that's beside the point. 2001. Yeah, Martin film. Jones. How do you feel about Martin Jones? Bill Murray, Chris Rock. Yeah. Martin Jones. Uh, we'll get to him as a defenseman. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. yeah comparable. Uh, yeah, I, I no, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, like the big thing here is obviously you know if Chicago were granted the ability to talk to Mark Andre Fleury prior to making the trade to make sure you know like convince him to play. I don't really think Fleury. Would it would take that much convincing? You know what I mean. I think it's the initial pill to swallow that. Hey, I know you want to retire in Vegas, but we're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Thank you for everything you've done, but like, let's get fucking real here. Like, you you make seven million dollars, and that's not going to change for a year. So we're going to move on from you. This other team likes you a lot, and uh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They're a great organization. So, why don't you go play there and, you know, all that shit. But, uh, for whatever reason, I think Chicago probably wasn't able to do that because Vegas was trying to keep this hush-hush. And, you know, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it would have helped Chicago in that case, I would say. Do you think this hurts, like, Vegas bringing guys in in the future? Um, it it doesn't help. You've done this now with Nate Schmidt, right? Yeah. And now Fleury, who, by all accounts, is the greatest player in franchise history. Take that for what it's worth, right? Yeah. A guy that you've made promises to the owner. Like, the owner has made promises to you about, you will be here. You're going to retire here. Your family is safe to plant roots. Family. You've turned your back on both of those guys within the last, what, 12 months. I'd be skeptical, right? Like, if I'm Alex Petrangelo, am I sitting there going like, Gee, how safe am I really in the big picture? Because Fleury's deal is not that old. No, two years. So, yeah, I think this is a really bad look for Vegas. I get it. You want to compete. It's a business at the end of the day. You have to do what you have to do. But five years from now, if it causes, you know, X free agent to say, well, gee, sure. I, don't, I don't want that to happen to me. I'll sign some, somewhere else instead of going to Vegas. I'm not saying that it's going to be an issue that they're going to be able to quantify, but all I'm saying is that if I'm, uh, you know, 
Well, I mean, perfect example, actually. Like, they need a winger now because Alex Tuck... I don't know if you were going to get to this, but Alex Tuck is out for most of the season, they announced today. You know, so they, they may need some sort of a middle six winger. And if they come calling on for Thomas Tatar and they're actually willing to pay him more than anyone else is willing to pay him, well, he's already been there. Scratched when he went there. You know, great, thanks for the money, thanks for the opportunity here, but I ain't coming there if there's not a no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. And if it's me personally, I wouldn't fucking sign there without a no-trade clause if I were Thomas Tatar or anyone else that has the right to get that in their contract. So do I think it hurts them? I, it should. Yeah, it, tomorrow, it should, but... It certainly should, because uh, I, I wouldn't trust them either. Yeah. You know? I think they're making the right moves. I, th- but, I would agree. You but. know, you're going to have to take a little bit of heat, too, if you're going to do this kind of shit, if you're going to be that kind of cutthroat. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the whole... Like, they can get away with it right now because they're good. Uh, what happens if they're shit in a few years, right? Because that was the whole thing with Bill Belichick in New England, was he could get away with cutting guys on their fucking birthday or Christmas morning because, like, yeah, well, you're coming here to win a Super Bowl, or you in or you out kind of thing, right? Exactly, and, yeah. You know, Vegas, same thing. You're going there to win a Stanley Cup, but... Uh, you know, they got to do some talking in regards to that, you know. Well, regardless, at the end of the day, they're $7 million richer, and I'm sure they'll spend that money wisely, as we'll, I'm sure, get to. Mm. Um, the, uh... I think they did well. The Avalanche... must be forgetting something. The Avalanche acquired Curtis McDermott from the uh, Kraken for a fourth-round pick, so go Kraken. Yeah. Making, making Cracking some whips, making some deals, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Jets give up a third-round pick for Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it kind of makes up for the whole uh, two second-round picks for <laughs> for Brendan Dillon type thing. Yeah. Like you, give, you give up two seconds and a third for Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. Like, if you look at it that way, it's exactly. like, you, you did great, exactly. actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, you did fucking great. And that's the whole thing, too, is if they go and only get Nate Schmidt for just this. If this was the first trade... It would almost not look as good because I would kind of be like, okay, you still need someone who like can is defensively fucking responsible on this team. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have a lot of defensemen like that, and that's all Paul Maurice likes in a defenseman is a defensive guy. So going the other way around, I like it almost more. It looks better in that regard. Yeah, I I, I think Schmidt's a good fit there. Um, a little bit of concern around the fact that he didn't originally like he nixed a trade to the Jets originally. Um, from Vancouver, now he's willing to go. So you know, really, what is his level of commitment towards sticking around? Maybe long term, but for now, he's a Jet, and and we'll see what happens. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I I think he's a better player than he showed in his one year in Vancouver. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he yeah fits in there. He's sort of familiar with that area just because he's from Minnesota and went to school in, I, I think it was North Dakota or some shit oh, like that. Saint Cloud. Oh, actually, no. He went to uh, he went to U of M, so even better. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no, like he, he, I don't know. It's one of those things where we've seen guys who are from that area, the States before, go to the Jets and there's a little bit of concern and then they fall in love with it because it's like, well, they can just... Drive home and see their families and go hunting and all that kind of stuff. This is and the same fucking area. Yeah. This is the same state. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Exactly. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that that might work out, but at the end of the day, it's a third round pick for a year of Nate Schmidt or whatever is left on his deal. I don't remember. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good. We like it. Uh, as I listen to the uh, lightning in the background outside the house, mm. uh, the lightning send uh, Tyler Johnson. Freaking Tesla coils yeah. out there. You see this? Tyler Johnson and a second round pick in 2023 to the Blackhawks in exchange for uh, three time Stanley Cup winner Brent Seabrook, who I'm sure oh. is going to bring a lot of veteran presence, a lot of knowledge, a lot of hockey wisdom oh. to that uh, organization. Yeah. As he searches for cup number four. Well, you got two guys in your room looking for their fourth cup, Brent Seabrook and Pat Maroon. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. Unreal. Weird. Like, I think we all had Tyler Johnson pegged to be, like, the Seattle guy, right? And then that didn't happen. And... Oh, yeah. I guess I lost that thing, eh? Because Cassian and Oshie never got traded. Yeah. But I was right about Tyler Johnson. Uh, You know? That you were. Um, There were a lot of people who, like, initially for the first five minutes after this trade, we're freaking out online that like, oh no, Tampa's going to do it again. And it's like, you realize they don't get bonus cap space because of an LTIR, right? Like they just get relief for that player. And then when that player comes back, they just go onto the rock. Like Brent Seabrook ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't anything. Like, you but don't they have to also out. lost 5 million from Tyler Johnson. Well, that, but that's the, that's the better part of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it makes sense if you're Chicago in a, in a way, but, uh, yeah, it, it seemed a little bizarre to me. I mean... You'd rather pay $5 million to a guy that's going to actively help your organization. If he's than... going to, anyway, yeah. I think I think there's still something there with Tyler Johnson. I think, you know, if you put him in a new situation, I think he needs a change, change of scenery. I think this might help him, but there's also a very good possibility that he's just cooked, so... Oh, definitely. But at yeah. least he's actively playing games, whereas Brent Seabrook probably is never going to play a game. Again. No, no, exactly. So. Like Tyler, Tyler Johnson's an NHL player yeah, still. Like he's exactly. not, you know, yeah. he's not what he used to be, but he's still a guy. Um, and we love Johnny Johnny around here. So Jake Vertanen gets bought out in Vancouver. Good stuff. So you never. Um, on the signing front, uh, Kyle Criscuolo. Mm-hmm. In Detroit, yep, sure. It is a guy. Uh, Kyle Rao in Minnesota. Kyle Rao, that's a guy. Sure. Uh, Connor Garland. He's, in, a, he's a guy. In Vancouver, five years, f- uh, $4.95 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, English, my friend. Good pickup. Yeah. Like it's, that. it's, it's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know, uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. He's another one of those guys, too, right? Like, the trade happened and everyone's like, oh, like, you know, you can make whatever you want out of the trade kind of thing. But, you know, the only thing that you really needed to realize with that trade was Vancouver did get a good forward in the deal, right? Definitely. They signed him to a deal where right now that is exactly what he's worth. And there's a really good chance he's going to be worth more than that. So, like, I'm not saying he's going to be, like, an $8, $9 million player. He's going to be next to fucking David Pasternak or some shit. But, like, he might be, like, a $7 million guy. Like, he he's a guy who I think has some comparable ability to William Nylander. So, when you compare the two and you get him at $2 million less than what the Leafs are paying Nylander, like, yeah, the deal might look really good. However, you know, 
is he going to be that good next year? He's only done it for a couple of years now. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Change of scenery sometimes for these younger guys doesn't always work out either. Like he might just be a bust in Vancouver. But uh, as of right now, I think it's a really good deal. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich in St. Louis, four years at $5.8 million. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the best contracts signed uh, recently. It's... Yeah, I mean, again, like, same idea as Garland. You shouldn't go out there and pay Buchnevich $8 million, but, like, what was he worth last year? Probably 8 or $9 million. Like, yeah. He's fucking had a great year last year. And, and like, Young guy going to a new team that has some question marks around it, so is it going to go all that well? I don't know, but he's likely just taking over Tarasenko's minutes from a couple years ago. Like, he's going to be playing a lot. And I think he's really good. So and and like, why did the Rangers not want to sign this guy? I don't know. I right? I, have, I honestly have no idea. Like right? he, he's one of those. He like the only thing you can say, and I hate saying this kind of shit. It's just like I don't know. Is there something about the dude that we don't know? And like I don't think so. I've never heard a fucking thing about this guy. Like other than did him he's and a good player and not get along in Russia? I don't. I as can't imagine you, as youths. Don't all don't all these Russian guys just love each other normally? Like you've got George Evan Nett, you know, great guy. You, you got Panarin up front, great guy. You know, uh, Buchnevich. Like like the, the you, you <laughs> think they at, signed Tretiak in the eighties, maybe exactly. there for a couple of weeks. You know, like you look at you look at the Capitals and the Russian boys all seem to love each other. A little uh, too much, maybe well, spending maybe, too much time, maybe hanging out doing exactly. extracurriculars. Yeah, a couple lines on the board. For, you know the place strategy. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. you gotta know this yeah. stuff exactly. Um, speaking of Russians, in um, Washington, yeah. Alex Ovechkin signs a five-year deal worth nine point five million dollars. And um, now, mm-hmm. I'll like to me, like, yeah. like stop me when I'm, I'm stop making sense, please. Um, okay. I saw the deal, and it was like... Oh, I thought you were about to do an Adrian Dater bit there. Like, did you just decide that, you know, maybe this year you just say, fuck it, you know, and fucking just get out there? And I thought that's what you are going to do with the Nate McKinnon thing. Did, did, like, when you saw Ovechkin and then, like, (laughs) 9.5, like, age aside, did did you have, like, like, I'm, I'm talking, like, milliseconds here. Did you have a moment where you're like... That's pretty fucking cheap. <laughs> like, are you just hardwired where it's like you see his name, or like Crosby or Malkin or something like that, and then it's just like they're elder statesmen now, but like there's still such a, a presence in the game where you're like, you see a number and you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Because I had that moment and it took me a, a, a few minutes to figure out like, oh yeah, I guess he's like 35. <laughs> so... Uh, similar vein, I saw the number while I was scrolling through Twitter, and I assumed when I saw the cap hit that they were talking about, like, it was going to be like a tweet, like, 13 years ago, Alex Ovechkin signed this deal, because it's the cap hit he was at. Yeah. So I saw that cap hit, and I was like, oh, like, it's just the anniversary of, and then, like, scroll a little bit more, and everyone's like, he's coming back, and I'm like, oh, fuck, is he ever? Um... We've talked about this before. They they pretty much had to do this, I think. Uh, think of the money in gate revenues they'll get when exactly. he breaks the record. So, yeah, and they'll make up for it. Here's here's the thing with Ovechkin is that there's a there's a fair to good chance that toward the end of this deal that the Capitals are going to be terrible. 
this is a team we've been talking about for a couple of years. It looks like the window's closing. Yeah. I think I'm at the point I'm ready to say I think their window is closed. Um, even if they're bad, this is a guy you want on the team because of the record, because of what he means to the team. This is not a guy... If if they didn't win the cup, I think it's a different story, for sure. Sure. But... There are many, many guys where they've played a long time in a jersey, and I'm like, fuck it, like, I want to see Evgeny Malkin in a Kings jersey or something. You know what I mean? But, like, Ovechkin's not a guy. I'm not curious to see what that looks like in a fucking Kachina jersey. Like, you know what I mean? Fuck that shit. So, yeah, keep him there. Break the record. Let's fucking go at it. Uh, In terms of his age and where he's at as a player... Of course he's not going to be worth this, but, like, whatever. Like, who gives a shit? Like, it's the only deal where I think you're ever going to say, like, honestly, who gives a fuck? Like, whatever. Give it to him. You're, you're making up for lost time in a sense, right? Like, you you were getting yeah. bonus yeah. money yeah. Yeah. for the last, yeah. what was it, 12 years of that deal? They kind of owe him. Oh, my like, God. They kind of owe him, right? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's... Oh, man. Yeah, they fucked around and pissed around on him for a long time. So yeah, well, Enjoy the cup. Uh, Taro Hiros in Detroit for a year. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Joel Armia, four years in uh, Montreal for 3.4. Uh, yeah. Don't know about that one. No, very rich for me. Very Good player. Rich. Like, good player. Fine but player. But Not good. Very, Fine. very rich. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's always good to give uh, multi-year deals to third-line players, right? Yeah, no, for well, sure. Well, I mean, that's what that team's built on, James. Uh, uh, Drake Kajula in, the in, in the Buffalo Canadian. for one year at $750,000. Cool. I assume the Pagulas held a gun to his head. Uh, Mike Riley in Boston for three years at three mil. I, I like this deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I he's don't, good. I don't like it because I don't like Boston, but... Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I would yeah. rather... I would rather yeah. I'd rather Boston have no players. Mm. Mm. Well, time time will tell. Uh, Eric Comrie in Winnipeg for a year at, at league minimum. That's sure. Yeah, uh, not crazy about it, but that's fine. Brandon Montour for three years yeah. in uh, Florida for three and a half as an RFA. Yeah. I did not realize this guy was still an RFA. That's wild. Uh, he might not be. I don't know. They, they've, their TSN's had a few guys listed as RFAs that definitely were not. Uh, regardless, um, he's only twenty six. So, yeah. he was he was okay there. Yeah. But I don't love it, and I'm I'll leave it at that. That's right. Uh, well, actually, sorry, I didn't love it when I saw it. However, compared to many of the other deals signed. He is one of the better defensemen who signed a contract uh, in the last week. So. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, Avs captain Gabriel Landeskog. Eight years, seven Woo! mil. Yeah. Hometown discount if there ever, ever was one. Yeah, I mean, like this this was a funny one because it was just like, well, he's going to the market because the Avs offered him six and he wants ten. And it's like, wow, there's no way that they're coming to a deal. Like, they're not meeting in the middle on this one. And then it's like, oh, no, Landis Cog just was just going to cave, I guess. So, uh, yeah. It's um, it's a very good cap hit right now. It He's off. Like, I, I think you're out of your mind if you think he's playing eight more years in the National Hockey League. But he 
is worth well over this right now, and this is a team who's trying to win a Stanley Cup. I don't think this is a player they could afford to lose, quite honestly, even though I think they are deep with a good prospect pool and a lot of good things about them. And he's not even their most important player. But they they can't lose him. So I like the deal in the sense that this is a contending team that kept a very important player to them who's likely going to be worth roughly that amount of money for the next four to five years. Mm -hmm. So if you have to deal with shitty Gabriel Landeskog on the back half or hopefully uh, an LTIR Gabriel Landeskog, because, again, he's never healthy, so I don't see how that's going to change as he continues to run his body into the boards at full fucking speed every night. Uh, but yeah, I, I we, we love Gabriel Landeskog around here, so, you know, that's... It's good for him. Uh, did you know he won the Calder? Yeah. I, I always forget about that. That's yeah, it was a weird that's, year. That's that year where it's it was like, a bad I draft don't, I don't class know too. who was around back then that that's was right. a rookie. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Second highest guy, paid guy on the Avs forward list. Oh third overall on the team. Yeah, Makes sense. Like, I, like, he's put his time in there, I think. He deserves a contract like this. The the no movement clause scares me a little bit. The way he plays, like you yeah. said, the age. But you pay for, you know, you, you pay to play, right? So yeah, he is an excellent hockey player as of right now. So. Yeah. All right, uh, July twenty eighth. Yeah. Uh, I think this is this is the big day, right? This is free agent frenzy. Mm, hopefully. Yeah. Um. Let's start things off with some trades. Nikita Zdorov. Okay. To the uh, Flames for uh, a third-round pick. Uh, that the it, It's a Leafs pick, technically, from the Blackhawks. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes, I guess. I, I guess know. so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Leafs get Brennan Minnell from the Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. for a seventh-round pick. Uh, however, if 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 Minnell plays thirty games, they'll get that seventh round pick. So yeah. as long as they don't play him thirty games, they give up literally nothing for this KHL offensive defenseman. Yeah, that's right. He'll he'll he's probably eleventh or twelfth on the depth chart uh, now after that a couple other signings. So well, they made a couple other signings of guys that are definitely going to be ahead of him. So okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, but apparently, I don't know. It seems I've heard good things, so we'll see. Very what offensive. Yeah, it's the defensive side of things, which you know, like the Leafs are a running gun team, so maybe maybe there's a spot for him down the road if he if he is that offensive. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan Bear to yeah. the uh, Hurricanes in exchange for Warren Fogle. Yeah, Warren Fogle. Fogle, hi. If you're not in this class, get out of this class. Uh, yeah, McLovin gets traded to the Oilers. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for the Bear Jew. I, li- I like the player, Fogel. Hi. I like the fit in Edmonton. Hi. Hi. The price uh, of Ethan Bear, though, high. So... Oh, like you mean directionally. H-I... Uh, right. G-H. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think Ethan Bear would have been wise to probably get out of there. So, I don't... I'm not... 
I haven't heard anything where he asked for a trade, but it would have made a lot of sense if he did. So I don't know if maybe there was a little bit of a forced hand here, but uh, all reports sound like this is a one-for-one trade that the uh, Oilers lose. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Hurricanes, they they seem to have a pretty good... uh pretty good grasp on what makes a good defenseman so i'm sure that they'll uh they'll well, be fine they do and they don't anyway, they'll be but... fine uh with adding ethan bear uh nick holden and a third to ottawa in exchange for evgeny dadnov to the vegas golden knights so yeah there goes that there goes that precious cap space i guess well this made absolutely zero sense until we found out uh today that alex tuck isn't going to play like almost at all next year so now to me i i see that and i'm like okay okay now we're kind of talking here right but uh when i saw this trade i was as confused as confused gets sir mm. yeah i don't know like a, a really weird way to spend five million dollars as far as i'm concerned regardless of the tuck thing i don't i don't know i don't like i don't i don't like get it like like vegas is so hard up against the cap i i find it hard to believe that they couldn't go up there and find anybody else for cheaper to bring in and have a similar impact than Evgeny Dadnoff. Anybody. Yeah, may- maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, seeing some of the names that have been tossed around, especially in free agency, that signed for what they signed for. Well, like who, though? Like, going back to my earlier example, like, Tatar didn't fit there. So if they don't want to go back sure. to Tatar, that's fine. Tatar's about it, yeah. No, you know, Tatar, Hoffman sure. is a weird one. Like I wouldn't, I would rather Dadnov for two more years at five than five years of Brandon Sod at four and a half. Sure. Just because of the term. You, you, so you're saying you couldn't have made a run at Cam Atkinson that would have been any better than Jacob Voracek? Uh, see, but Atkinson's got term though. Like Dadnov's only two more years, and this is a guy who was a point seven five point per game player till he went to Ottawa. So. Like, I, I have a feeling that... Like, the, thi- the thing I like about it is that Vegas is known for their inability to score goals. So they traded for a goal scorer, a guy that's, you know, short-term, but was doing it very very consistently until last year on a abysmal hockey team where he didn't seem to play a lot either. Yeah, it, it maybe is a bad bet just because it's $5 million for a guy that scored 13 goals last year. But if you look at him as what he was in Florida, and I do because I think he's going to be playing with good players in Vegas. Oh, guys from Florida. Yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, you can only have two wingers on that line, James. Right, so, right. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lane Peterson for a fourth. I don't know. Uh, Will Butcher. Sure. Retained at 24.4%. Got to get that percentage down. 24.4. It's key. Uh, and yeah, a well, these round, GMs are all smart, yeah, James. And, They're and good at math. a fifth round pick to the Sabres for f- something later. Some, something in the future. Now, future considerations I actually do know about this guy. He was drafted uh, 2011. Third. Oh, 2011. Okay. Uh, by the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, Bruins get a, a third round pick for Daniel Darth Vader. Darth, uh, Darth Vlader. Daniel Darth Darth Daniel Vlader. Darth Vlader. Vlader, Vlader my bladder. Darth Vlader. Uh, the Capitals reacquire goaltender Vitek Venacek yes. from the uh, Kraken for a second round pick. 
who, if you didn't see, became a meme this week because when Elliot Friedman tweeted it out, his phone auto-corrected to Vitelli yeah. Vanacek. Yeah. Uh, so he is now a, he's now Italian. The Italians have claimed him. Mm. Um, now, I was hey. perplexed because I guess I confused offer sheets with expansions, and I was under the impression that you could not trade for a player that you didn't protect in an expansion draft. And I think I just confused that with the offer sheet thing that like you can't trade yeah. a guy back to the team. Yeah. So Vegas did that with somebody. Yeah, they, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but uh, so when I saw the trade, I was very confused. Uh, then once I understood the trade, I was again confused that uh, Washington felt like Vitek Vanacek's worth a second round pick. Oh, he is for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's very good. But whatever. I mean, you know, he's a goalie, so it's a guy. Better than Craig Anderson back there for sure. Um, well, he, he retired for an hour. Right. <laughs> um, well, this is a weird one. Uh, the Avalanche trade Connor Timmins a first and a conditional third. Uh, the third becomes... Uh, oh, they, they only get the third, sorry, if the Avs win the cup and Kemper plays half the playoff games. So it's Timmins in a first... For Darcy Kemper, oh, come on. retained at 22.2%. Everyone I talk to says that the Avs are guaranteed winning the Stanley Cup this year, James. Who so. are these people? Everyone. That one guy that. you golf with tonight? Pro- yeah, yeah, I don't know if well, I listen to him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. He's, the only, he's the only guy who doesn't think that. Um, I like the trade, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Is First off, Connor Timmons is... Uh, I, I think a no doubter NHL uh, defenseman. Oh yeah. In in the long term, probably oh, yeah. a good top four one. Um, but he isn't someone that was actually going to get that opportunity in Colorado, probably ever. He needed to be reserved for a time where they needed to bring something in, whether or not that was going to be like a top six forward if someone got hurt and they really really needed him, or if one of the other defensemen got hurt, you put Timmins into that spot. But I think they were smart not to commit the money that was committed to Grubauer uh, because I don't think that would have been a smart move for the Colorado Avalanche. They saw that they needed to replace an elite-level goaltender, at least by last year's standards, and the smartest way to do that, because there wasn't one available on the market other than Tuka Rask, who doesn't want to play anywhere than Boston, uh, they basically ran out of options, and I would rather trade a first-round pick and a prospect to get a year of a good goaltender and then figure out what you're going to do afterwards than lock yourself into a contract with a guy who uh, is very good but also has injury problems and has had one really good year. So, Sorry, uh, which which goaltender with the injury problems are you talking about, just just to clarify? Uh, Grubauer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Both, both guys seem to be missing a lot of time lately, so... Well, yeah, but they, they didn't sign Darcy Kemper for six years. They brought him in for a season because they sure. don't want to play uh, Pavel Frankuz, who hasn't played in 18 months, but, like But don't you think games. you could have got something like for a first and Timmins that's more reliable than Darcy Kemper? Well, no, because I, I think there's maybe only four goalies in the league that are better than Darcy Kemper, and none of them are available via trade. Well, I, I don't care how good you are if you don't play the game because you're hurt all the time, then it doesn't really matter, right? So, 
Darcy Kemper could be the best goalie I, in the NHL, but if I, he plays 20 games yes. a year, then what's the point? Uh, well, but he's he's never missed that amount of time or anything He's like only that. played like 55 games max in a season. Well, because he was, wasn't a starting goaltender till two years ago, three years ago. In Arizona? Yeah. He's been with the club for four years. The, well, he wasn't... Okay, any any team. doesn't matter what team. Pick a fucking team. He's never been a starting goaltender till three years ago. He wasn't good before that. Oh, okay. Well, he wasn't. He was a third-string goaltender in Minnesota for a million years. He went to L.A., was decent as their 1B, and then went to Arizona. And here we are. So he should have been a starter in Arizona, right? Like, by all accounts? Yeah, and he, and he was. But he wasn't, because he didn't play he the He played games. 55 games in 2018-2019, which is a starting goaltender number in, these, in this NHL. 29 the year later, because he was hurt for, like, a month and a half. And then 27 last year because he was hurt for a month and a half. Like, like you're right. Like, I understand he, he gets hurt. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think they're asking him to come in and play 65 games either. They need a guy who's able to play well when he's there and not shit his fucking pants. And by all accounts, almost every goalie in the league seems to be inconsistent these days. So I would rather take the bet on the guy who, at least when he shows up, is good. Okay. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I, I don't know. Like it's just I like I don't know. I I understand your point, but like I don't know who who they're getting that I feel better about, and I it, I, like, I guess that's where you and I differ because like I don't I I don't feel good about almost any team's goaltending. I think goaltending at this point in today's NHL is an absolute coin flip. Sure, you know what I mean. I'm I'm just saying like I I think like at 30 years old he's coming off the worst season of his career. And you're banking on him to be healthy and a starting goaltender. Just seems like a bit of a gamble. Yeah, I, I think so, but... Okay. I think it's a fine gamble, I guess, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of gambles, uh, no. I have, mm. I have no transition. Um, uh, July- you know it's not a gamble? <laughs> Airedale fly. you know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Bluefish, redfish, something or other. That's right. Um, speaking of fish, the San Jose Sharks bought out Martin Jones. Ooh, fish. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, he's he's a free agent. The, uh, also, speaking of fish, the Vancouver Canucks, you know, the, the, the whale logo. Okay. Um, uh, Braden Holpe, they, they bought him out. And speaking of fish, because you kind of fish for oil. Uh, you fishing for a transition here. The, the Oilers bought out James Neal. <laughs> All in the same deal. So, Holtby, Jones, and Neil sounds like a comedy trio. Uh, all, <laughs> all bought out on the same day. We'll see what happens, I guess. I don't know. With all that newfound money, uh, the Oilers signed uh, Tyson Berry to a three-year deal at $4.5 million. I'll say this much. All right. When he was in Toronto, yeah. we were all talking about this guy making 8 or $9 million a year. That's true. So, I think... I think it could have been a lot worse. No, I get it. It's not even that it's a bad deal. It's just like, this is not the defenseman that the Edmonton Oilers need. They could put five, they could put anyone on that fifth spot on that power play. Fucking put the corpse of fucking Jason Smith or something. Like, I don't care. But, well, they might. Like, they, time left to sign well, Yeah, actually, yeah. It turns out they've traded uh, Caleb Jones in a third round pick for him. Um, yeah, I, like, I I like Tyson Berry. Like, I do think he's a 
very good offensive defenseman. Uh, he's quite good on the power play, I think. But, like, this is a team where they have Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like, you don't need to pay $4.5 million to a guy to be your power play specialist. You can find them anywhere. Sign Tim Heed and have him as your seventh defenseman. Literally sit him on the bench until you get power plays and then just put him on the fucking ice or something. Like, there, there are smarter, more efficient ways to allocate this money and uh, that ice time. For the Edmonton Oilers because he doesn't contribute anything defensively. He's one of the worst defensive defensemen in the league. And he is on a team that has the worst defensive defenseman in the league. So it's a bad deal because it's just more of the same thing. I'll say this. Ken Holland has some sort of a vision. I just don't know what the hell that is. So uh, whatever. It, it's In terms of a contract, it's a fine value. But it's a weird fit. It was last year and it's going to continue to be. I, th- I think it's fine. Like, ultimately, like, you're a team that is built around two extremely offensive players. And if your goal in today's game is to outscore the other team, and I don't care if I win 6-5, Tyson Berry might be the guy you want back there. I guess. Maybe. Like, Mm -hmm. I get your point. Like, he's not good defensively. But... It doesn't really matter if you win 5-1 so long as you win the game, right? So if you win 5-3, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. And he might help you win 5-3 as opposed to 5-1. Because he's going to give out a couple goals, but I get it. he might help out at the other end. The problem is, is they're not deep or solid enough to win 5-3 or 6-5 a lot of the time. Yeah, but, like, they, but they you did know. that, right? Like. Like he like forty eight points fifty six games like what what more do you want he's he's Paul Coffey back there let's be honest like Paul Coffey he couldn't play defense to like like save his fucking career yeah but he put up one hundred twenty fucking points a year because he had Gretzky and Messi up there and no I I understand the role the it's Hall just we're we're talking about the eighties Oilers versus you know a, a team that I think is going to shit their pants next I'm, season I'm, I'm just saying like a lot of pants no one's, shitting here no one no one's saying that Paul Coffey was a great defenseman. He was a great player. And I think Tyson Berry can be a great player for this team without having to be a great defenseman. Okay. So. That's more time than I wanted to spend on Tyson That's Berry. Fair. <laughs> uh, Sam Gagne is still kicking around, I guess. Uh, he signs with Detroit for a year. I'd rather put him on the fucking Oilers defense. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Pickard. Hey. Is, uh, also in Detroit for a year. My guy. Cool. Max Meeman, not a real guy, but he's a guy. He signed a, a, he's a tall. contract. No, he's not. I think so. I might be. I might be thinking of the wrong guy. Uh, Jordan Martinuk, three years, five point four. Oh, yeah. one point eight. Cat, I guess. Uh, one point eight total. Yeah. They mixed it up. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they mixed it Fucking up on TSN. TSN. Uh, one point eight, one point eight cap hit. That's a lot, but whatever. They like him. Uh, Brendan Sutter for a year. Sure, it's a lot. But... Is it a lot? <laughs> I a lot of people think I, I'm not I'm not high on him, but yeah, whatever. Uh, former Leaf Evan Rodriguez. Ah, Rodriguez, my guy. <laughs> one year, one mil. Cool. That's fine. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Suter, not Sutter. Ryan Suter, four years, three point six five million per. Mm-hmm. That that's accurate. Eh? It's gonna be a good deal for three of the four years for sure. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's <laughs> no, it's gonna be a good year for one of the years. <laughs> And then we'll see. <laughs> and then and then we'll really take a step back and <laughs> have to talk sorry, about Let's like, think about this here. <laughs> well, you know, he used to play 28 minutes a night. Yeah. I don't know if we should anymore, but... 
No, like, it, it's fine. It's just, like, I don't know... I don't know that Dallas did anything that makes them particularly all that good. Still, in a, in what I think is going to be kind of an iffy division. So, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty lost on what they did as a whole. I liked the suitor signing, but as we go on, I think it's going to be a little more perplexing like, than what they did. I don't really know. He He's second pairing, right? Um, yeah. So, Ryan Suter well, at... I, I would probably put him with Heiskanen on the first, but okay. that's just me. Alright. Yeah. Because, like, him 16, 17 minutes a night, I think, is great value. Yeah. But... There are some guys, when you scale down their minutes, they're not as good, but... Sure. I don't think Suter's that guy. I think he's good that you can, you know... Now, scaling down uh, Brent Seabrook's minutes, like, what, what do you... Uh, pretty good? Probably. He still needs to play less. I still heard his name too many times this yeah. offseason for my liking. Uh, Blake Boom. Coleman in Calgary for six years at 4.9. Yeah, weird. It's mm. weird. Mm. He's good. He's good. Is he 4.9 good? No, I think he is. I don't... I don't but not for six years. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he's worth that. Uh, he certainly isn't worth a six-year deal. You know, you know what came to mind when I saw this? Like, it, obviously, this is a longer and richer deal than the deal, but it was just like it reminded me of when they went out and got Troy Brower. It was like you, you didn't really need to do that. I don't really know that he moves the needle for you, and he didn't move the needle for them. And I don't think Blake Coleman's as irrelevant. Like, I think he makes them better, but I, hmm. I'm just. Like, similar to Dallas, I'm very confused as to what Calgary is doing. Because they make moves that seem to suggest that they're trying to get younger and rebuild. And then they make moves that seem to think that they think they're a contending team. And I'm not really sure where they think they are. I know where they should be, but I don't think that I'm on the same page as Calgary. But Frederick Anderson signs a two-year deal in Carolina for $4.5 million dollars. Hmm. And uh, good night, sweet prince. Probably the best goaltender they've had in the past. I don't know what five years now. I guess what the Leafs. Um, yeah, he, he was fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, I don't like it at all. I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good signing. Um, Can't be worse than what they had last season, I suppose. What I will say is that Carolina is much. Yeah is much better uh, defensively consistently no. than Toronto is. Come on. So if you shelter... Uh, well, yeah, like they made Peter Mrazek look like a good goaltender. So if he if he's sheltered, then that's fine, but it's still too much money for him. Like, like the, again, this is a team where I think they've made it very clear that they could put almost anyone in net. Not anyone, but like almost any NHL goaltender... And they're going to play fine. Uh, then why do you need to pay him four point five? Like it's just a confusing sort of move because it's. I think it only works if he's sheltered, and if he's sheltered, why do you need to pay him four point five? It's just a confusing deal to me. Uh, maybe he bounces back. Maybe he doesn't. I hope he does because I love the dude, but I I have a hard time believing he's worth four point five at this stage. I think two years is adequate. It's good that it's. It's good that it's two years, but he's a guy that I would have... I I think, based on his stats and based on what we've seen, 
comparables around the league, he should have been like a one-year, $3 million guy. And it's a year and a half, or sorry, it's a year and a million and a half per too much for me. Weird but. that they uh, moved on from some, like, rookie sensation that might have really worked out net for them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think a lot of Anderson's problems last year were injury-related. The year before that, I can't really explain. I'm not going to try to defend that at all. But I, th- I think at least last year, he tried to put himself in a position where he was hurt, Campbell was hurt, and he said, you know what, I'll play through it. Didn't work out. And I, th- I think there's a better goalie there than people get like credit for. But the, You know what, I, Carolina's banking on the report that Frederick Anderson had been dealing with something since January of 2019. They're banking on that being true. Yeah. And even if it is true, the bad news to that is, how much better is it really going to get if it hadn't gotten better in two and a half years from a little rest? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm hopeful. Uh, Alex Goligoski for a year in Minnesota at $5 million. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Remember when they kind of saved some cap space by buying those two guys out and then... He's, he's okay. He's not great. Like, two and a half, I would have been like, okay. The f- this is double that. Five is double than two and a half. If you divide five by two, it's two and a half. What? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a lot. It's weird. I don't think he particularly fits in Minnesota. Uh, very, very weird. The upside is that I also am happy that they didn't go two and a half for two years. At least it's a one year. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. That's where it's yeah. like. All right, whatever. Like, at least they didn't give the term. So, like, that's the that's the check. That's the thumbs up that I'll give Garen on that one, at least. Travis Hamanick, two years, three million. Yeah, they should have gone one year. <laughs> he he's cooked, my guy. Uh, speaking of cooked, Martin Jones for a year, he's, two million dollars. He's cooked. Jones is a better backup than Brian Elliott, but you know, did they need to pay two million dollars to upgrade that position for a guy that really isn't? An upgrade that much? I don't uh, know. It's you, a confusing one. You say like four million dollars with like moving for checkout. So right, that's right. Mikhail um, Granlund, four years in Nashville at five million a year. Bit much for me. It's going to be a growing theme. You're going to notice here. I, I, I didn't I, like ninety percent of the. I thought that was but. about right for for a free agent guy. Like that's the price you pay. I guess I don't know. What do you mean by that? Well, like, everybody overspends on free agent day. So, that's the number I thought Granlin would come in at. So, it's a good deal just because every other team would have... I didn't say good. I said I think that's adequate. Like, I I think that's what he was going to get regardless, so... Okay, but but in that scenario, you let Granlin walk. Yeah, but if you want him... Like, he's going to get that regardless. So if you want him, that's what you spend. Like, they didn't overspend to get Granlin, is what I'm saying. They got him. It's probably not good that they got him, but they got him at what he was probably going to get regardless. So, 
but they don't deserve like they don't get bonus marks because of that for me like oh, I'm not saying like they you, do but like, you, you let him walk that this is a guy who is a half a point per game player and yeah. all he does is offense sure so you're paying him second line money to yeah. be a sort of third line production player that also doesn't bring you anything yeah and he's done that on your team it's not like you're hoping for something else out of him because he's been doing it in this fucking lineup for years now and he's almost 30 yeah. It's a horrible... But like, that's my I, point. I shouldn't like, say horrible, but it's a bad deal. That's my point, though. Like, if, if if any other team signs him, it's for that money. It's for that length. Then good. Fuck him. Let him go. But now you're coming into a situation where you don't know the coach, you don't know the system, and it's a worse deal from the get-go, in my opinion. For Grandland. For the team. You're bringing in a guy that doesn't know your oh, system. Oh, if they bring in a guy instead of Grandland. No, like a new guy, no, guy to no, replace no. him. So if the Montreal Canadiens had signed Michael Granlund, it would be a bad deal for the Canadiens because they're getting Granlund, A. They're paying him $5 million, B. Yeah. They're doing so but for what the four fuck years, does, C. But what the fuck does Nashville care then? Who cares? Nash- Nashville doesn't care. What I'm saying is, is that Michael Granlund can come back and Nashville's bringing back a guy that knows the system, knows the coach, knows everything about what's going to happen next year, doesn't have to take that awkward month-long period of here's how we do things whereas any other team is going to do that and spend the same amount of money and have to like figure out how do we like mm-hmm. teach this guy how to play our way yeah i don't know i think michael granlin's been in that awkward how do we do things here stage for two and a half years with nashville so that's sure my so point. he shouldn't have that next year why? So it's going to get better all overnight. All of a sudden, he's it, he's going to turn into be a sixty-four point guy. Better in Nashville guy. than it will be anywhere else. Is what I'm saying. No, but I, like I'm not blaming Granlin for staying in Nashville. For sure, you fucking stay where your shit is. He, he seems to like Nashville. They seem to like yeah. him. They gave him twenty million dollars when he's worth ten ish on a four year deal. Sure, but. Like, that doesn't make it a good deal for Nashville, and that's my problem here, is, like, just let him walk and replace him with any other fucking bum for a million dollars, because he doesn't bring you much more value than a replacement-level player does. My point is, we'd be having the same conversation with Granlin, regardless of where he signed, because he was going to get that money anyway, and it just happens to be Nashville, where it's slightly better. Okay, I, I don't agree with the logic. Okay. Uh, Boone Jenner for four years at 3.75. He's staying in... Is this a good deal for you? He's staying in Columbus, so I I guess it's not great. I don't know. I'm I'm done trying to make sense of what Columbus thinks is a fair deal for a hockey player. Because we're... uh, It's going to get worse, so whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't hate Boone Jenner. It's, but I don't. I don't. Again, I don't understand this at all. Like I understand keeping him. I like. I would want to keep him, but if this was the cost of keeping him, bye bye. Who gives a shit? Like he fucking. He doesn't really do much. Yeah. Uh, David Savard, four years, three and a half in Montreal. I guess you got to play someone at defense, right? Yeah. Like, I. I actually don't mind this, but Oof. I don't. I don't love it, but I. I don't know. He's a guy that a lot of people thought was going to come in around five. Then he went to Tampa, and it's like eh, I don't know if you want to give that guy five, but he sure is, wouldn't. He's worth over three and a half, I think, when he's Ooh. when he's healthy. But he's getting older. I don't know. 
I, I don't I don't hate it, but I'm I am uh, like most free agent deals skeptical. Not good, but I guess you have to pay someone if Shea Weber's not playing defense, right? Yeah, so. well, I'd rather him at three and a half than Weber fucking nine million or whatever. Uh, Zach Bogosian goes back to Tampa on a th- three-year deal. This is cool. Um, <laughs> That's cool. It's not costing you much, but it's like, is Zach Bogosian playing hockey in three years? I don't know. Hard to say, but at least it's it's um it's a it's what will probably be league minimum by then, or or roughly sure. that. Sure. Uh, I I certainly understand the skepticism. I actually think this is a pretty fair signing. I I, I like it a lot. Okay. It's a position that you don't need to worry about. I think it's a guy that uh, you know is going to be a veteran sort of guy in your room that is already comfortable there. That played for Tampa, but didn't win a cup. Yeah, no, yeah, go on. Did win a cup. And, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, eight games, right. He, yeah. well, 28. He, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, Bogosian was an interesting one for me last year because he, he stepped in, he looked terrible at the get-go. He settled in and was very consistent. Like, he, he really didn't have many nights where he was bad. And he's going to play basically the same spot, same minutes, almost like a similar system in Tampa Bay, which he already knows it. Like, I, I think he fit there already. He goes back. He's only 31. And it's it's essentially league minimum. Like, I, I don't hate it at all. It seems a little unnecessary, but I don't hate it at all. Hmm. Uh, Brayton Holtby, uh, recently bought out, gets a one-year deal in Dallas for $2 million, I guess. This would be the, uh, if I could use a, I think you should leave clip here. This would be when uh, the, the two bigger guys that he was like doing the bathroom thing with, and the one guy's hmm. just sitting there and he's like, well, I guess I'm just a little confused. Yeah. That's what I am with this. They already have three goaltenders. I don't think Holtby's very good either, but like, this is this is essentially two million dollars down the toilet, to me. So, like, nothing I don't think has been announced, but like, I'm assuming Ben Bishop isn't playing again this year. Then, well, Halak left, right? Or um, no, yeah, Kudobin. Yeah, nah, I don't know where where am I? Yeah, they have uh, three. They have three. They have Hudobin. Well, they have Bishop, and they have Ottinger. I don't, I don't get this. Which is also fine. Like, I give it to one of them, whoever's ready to go. And even Hudobin is there. Like, Holtby's fourth on the depth chart. And it's $2 million a year. Like, that's what I don't get. And even if Bishop isn't playing, like, am I missing something with Hudobin and then it's going to be Ottinger and Holtby? Like, I don't, I don't get this. Hmm. So, I was kind of waiting for other announcements to come out that day and I, I didn't see anything. So, I'm confused. Yeah, that's fair. I th- I thought Kudobin left for some reason, but no, you're 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 right. Well, he was the he's probably going to Seattle guy, but he never went to never Seattle because they went Alexiak instead. Yeah. Uh, Louis Belpido, yo, uh, yeah, in, in he, Montreal. Uh, good good yeah. for him. World Junior guy. Uh, Eric Robinson, the writer of uh, I think you should leave. Uh, got two years <laughs> for three point two million in Columbus. So good for him. What is her job? Yeah yeah yeah. Tables. But how is tables a job? Derek Forbert. Three years, three mil. Sure. 
that's the going price, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 I'll say this. I, I still, I'm still not super, super down. I now understand why the Leafs protected Justin Hall. Because if this is what they were going to need to pay for a borderline third-pairing guy, I don't want to pay, you know, many, many years for many, many monies for a third-pairing guy. So... Yeah, I don't think they had to, but yeah, sure. Even even if not, but it is nice to have a guy that at least is capable. Uh, yeah, the, the Forbert deal here is... Uh, uh, it's it's not great, but uh, he's not terrible. He's not worth three, and I, again, don't know if he's a guy that I think is going to be an NHL defenseman in three years, but we'll see. It's it's a weird bet to me. Uh, Cedric Paquette, one year, 950, Montreal. It's fine. Sure. He's, a, he's a guy. Uh, Laurent Brassois for two years at 2.325 with Vegas. Uh, I don't know if he has a, uh, a Vesna trophy to his name, but that's probably uh, less than ideal usage of cap space. I don't. I don't know. It, it 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 depends how much money you want to spend on a goaltending tandem. I guess that's just it, right? Like, would you rather twelve million for two really good guys or eight million for a guy and you know, Lauren Swan? Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know it. it I, I, I have a hard time believing that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to do anything close to what he did last year again anyway. So I would rather for like $5 million cheaper for a guy who two of the last three years has been very fucking good when he plays. So Is Robin Lehner going to do what he did last year? Do what Lehner did last year or do what Fleury did last year? Do what Lehner did last year. Like, not, like be hurt is yeah. what you're saying? Oh, um... Because that's where you have the insurance policy that is Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand people being skeptical. I actually I do think Laurent Barsois is a guy that could regularly play 40 games in the league and be fine. But, you know, if he has to do that versus if you're doing it by choice, that, that might be a different thing, right? If you're, like, if you're picking his starts versus him having to start against Colorado, having to start... Yep. You know, he fares well against hard competition, generally speaking, but uh, I don't know if that's going to continue for sure. He was somewhat sheltered last year, too, right? Because he's in the North Division. I think he only played one game against Toronto. Um, so, you know, it, it, it could get a little dicey, but I think as in terms of backups, he's a pretty good bet. And I like their starter. I like their goaltending. I like the team in front of them. Like I, I, I don't hate the signing at all. I like Leonard. I'm just... I hear you. It's one of those things, right? Like you, you cleared this space, and then you just you filled it with X. And it's like I don't know if that was necessarily better than what you had, right? So, I I'd be willing to bet that their goaltenders, their goaltending is not going to be much worse, if at all, than it was last year. It won't be Vesna winning. I can say that. Mm. It will not be. Uh, Cody Cece. Yeah, you've made a lot of money making uh, great goaltending picks on this. Yeah, I can tell you who's going to win a Vesna, and it's not going to be them. <laughs> so 
in in October. Listen to, to you, know, you always one. you always know who it's not gonna be. Yeah, you just don't know who it necessarily right. is gonna and, be, and, and it's in, not gonna be in, Vegas. In so October, right. I'm gonna pick you're good. Kevin Leonard. So that's why it won't be. So yeah. this is like a double prediction, exactly. right? Like you're setting the table for what your next prediction will be, and then that way Precisely. you're like essentially double yes. down. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, in the spirit of Vegas, you may as well double down. Uh, Cody Cece doubled down. He got four years and three point two five million in, in, in Edmonton somehow. Yeah, that's double the term and double the money he should have got probably. Isn't it, though? So isn't it? Wow, uh, could be quadruple the term even. Mm. But mm. he, all right, mm. he's gotten better. No, he hasn't. <laughs> he's got he's gotten better. No, then what you're trying then, to say is he hasn't gotten worse. <laughs> He's gotten better than he was in Ottawa, okay, <laughs> which is not a high bar. Uh, however, again, see Derek Forbert. He is a at best third pairing defenseman who I don't think is going to be in the league in a few years, and they've paid him for four years. Uh, this reminded me of Jeff Finger. This was just, like, a lot of term and a lot of money for a guy that I don't really think a lot of teams think is particularly amazing. You know? Mm. Like, Pittsburgh signed him for a year and, like, 1.2 last year. And, and like, they're like, this will be fine. And and he was fine. Like, it was he wasn't detrimental to Pittsburgh. He's okay defensively. He is an absolute train wreck when it comes to breaking the puck out of the zone. And, uh... Unfortunately, that means that Connor McDavid is going to have to come behind the net and carry it out from the zone every single time that he's on the ice with Cody Ceci, which might be like 22 of the 25 minutes that they both seem to play next year. So, it's a bad, bad deal. Oh, real bad. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bunting, two years in Toronto for nine and a half million, or nine and a half, nine and a half thousand. Nine and a half million, well... Fuck it, I'd pay a, a nine and a half million for a good bunt. <sighs> Ichiro Suzuki, good bunter, worth every penny. Right. Well, this guy's bunting, so. Um... And he's going to get two hundred hits like Ichiro Suzuki next year. Sure. <laughs> what do you think? I like it. I like him. I enjoyed what I watched of him in Arizona. Did you which... watch Arizona? Yeah, I did. That's... Uh, wow. Well, we I... have to. Do you want to talk? Like, yeah, I don't know if you remember. Are you okay? uh, well, again, I don't know what everyone else was doing, but I was locked down for six months, so I had a lot of time on my hands. I watched hockey most nights, and I I made money gambling on the Coyotes several times. And Michael Bunting played like, oh yeah, I did not tell you that. I would okay, rather so quick, quick do anecdote. probably anything other than watch Arizona Coyotes hockey. Well, I don't like. I didn't really. Well, I was doing other things, but like, um, you know. Uh, Arizona went through a stretch where they had like four or five comeback wins in a span of like three weeks, and so franchise record. The three, the three later ones, I I started betting on them. So like one night they were losing three nothing to Anaheim with like eight minutes left, and I was like, well, if I bet like ten bucks, I'm gonna make like a hundred dollars if they win this game. So it's like fuck it, whatever. Ten bucks, see what happens. We'll watch the game. We'll have some fun. They won the game. So, uh, I bet on them the next two, like, a couple other times in the next few weeks. So, I watched them for a bit, and Bunting played some of those games. He's, he's hectic, okay. in a good way. Like, okay. he, he 
he kind of just goes into the corner and fucking, you know, throws his weight around and shit like that. He, he's a Hyman-esque. He reminds me of uh, Furland with a little bit less grit mm-hmm. and hopefully keeps his head up more. And um, I, I like him. I, I think there's something there. You know, am I saying that this is going to change the complexion of the Leafs? Not necessarily. But I think it's effective use of cap space. So uh, He shares a birthday with uh, Austin Matthews and Alex Ovechkin. So, I'm sure he's a great goal scorer. Fucking 50 goals next year, yeah. baby. Let's go. Right. It's going to be crazy having two guys on the same line score yeah. 50 goals. Uh, Patrick Nemeth in the uh, New York, uh, the Rangers that is for three years at two and a half. Yeah. I'm a little higher on Nemeth than I think most people are, but... Mm. It's, Defense. Yeah, for like this... Uh, for all these, like, two, three-year deals to these mediocre defensemen, he's one of the better ones, so. Uh, James Reimer goes back to the Sharks for two years at $2.25 million. Cool. Can't be worse than Martin Jones. Can promise you that. I wish you will. Uh, Jared Tenorti for two years in uh, New York for 900000 Sure. Yeah, he's going to fight Tom Wilson. Maybe. Uh, Luke Lindenning for two years at one and a half in Dallas. Yeah, don't get it. Uh, Alec Martinez using up the very last possible bit of that cap space saved by uh, trading Flurry for three years at five point two five million. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Time to move on, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Mm. Happy birthday, though. He um, he's been really good there, and I don't know that they can afford to lose him right now. But I don't think he's going to be worth 5.25 in three years you know like like he we'll be worth that next year he was well and and that's the thing too like he was a guy when they got him that wasn't really like a great top four guy like he's like a fine top four ideally on your third pairing guy they got him and he was fucking pretty good and then the next year he was great last year he was fantastic is he going to continue to get better uh, no, he was fantastic, I would say. Like, he, you know, uh, by, by any, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what you're looking at. He, uh, I don't think he's going to age all that well. He's getting old. He's been around for a while. I'm looking at a, so, a 33-year-old defenseman that played the majority of his games against the Pacific Division, so probably not that good. Yeah, that, I thought that was one of the better divisions last year, but. The Pacific? Well, he had to play against Colorado nine times. He had to play against, you know... Colorado. St. Louis, Minnesota. Like, it's not it's Oof. not easy. Mm. So, who was the best division in the league last year? Well, the East. The East? By far. And are they the only good division? Well, they were the best. And then you had two teams that were really good in one division. Okay. Well, he was fine the year before. I I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's... it's it, obviously, it's hard to say what everyone was last year, but... Sure. He, at this point, is incredibly important to that team. So, Also, happy birthday. Congratulations. Yeah. HB. Andrew Cogliano still playing NHL hockey for yeah, one year at $1 million in San Jose. Crazy. Oh, they need somebody to play there, I guess. Oh, yeah, no, I like that. Like, I just, I like seeing him still around, but okay, it's crazy. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, one year for a year and a half in Vancouver. That's pretty good. Who who else can play goal for Vancouver next year? Let, let's see. They sign guys, they release them, they bring them back in. 
Uh, just someone else ne- the next year. I, I don't. I don't know. Who, who, Roberto Luongo uh, signing a, a ten-year deal next next week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it went well the first time. Uh, Peter Mrazek, three years in Toronto for $3.8 million. Mm-hmm. No good. Um, no, don't don't like it. No, not, not no bueno. No bueno. Three years. Like, the, that's three years. That's the thing. Look, if, if you give him a year at 3.8, I can, sure, gamble. Try it. See mm-hmm. what happens. Three? Yeah. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, he. I like the dude. Sure. I think he's a cool guy. He's a lot of fun. I guess so. He's actually very fun to watch in the net. Usually, because when you, you say that, usually when you say that, that's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, was on again one of the best defensive teams in the National Hockey League. Played twelve games last year and had a nine twenty three. The year before, he played forty games. He was a nine oh five playoffs. He was horrible for them um like i don't i don't really get i don't get this at all like at all and the problem i had like i i you know i tweeted it out but if you like you didn't see like if you had a problem with frederick anderson letting in weak goals oh boy you're not gonna like this guy because holy shit does he let in stinkers like no no but he's been better the last two years apparently and he's younger. Better, better, better than what his seventeen games in Philadelphia. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, better than than Freddie. Uh, Apparently, was be- he was better last year in the twelve games that he played. Would you rather have Freddie or Peter at this money? Sure. Or just in general? Well, based on their deals that they got. Oh fuck! I have to pick. Well, yeah. That was the question. Well, probably Peter, but mm. okay, it's less money. Barely. So, like, here, 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 here's where I'm at. This is the big problem I have. Is he gets this deal? Fine. You want to bring in Peter Morazic if there's something that you see in him that I don't. And I watched a decent amount of the games that he played last year, and I'm, I'm not a fan. Never really have been of his uh, actual as a goalie. It's fine if you want to bring him in. The problem for me is that this implies that he is your number one goaltender. And you're taking a guy who is incredibly erratic in the net, doesn't rely on positioning at at whatsoever, he just flops around, flops around like Tim Thomas and hopes to make a save, except he doesn't make them at Tim Thomas rates. And then you've got a guy who played 20-something games this year, played the whole playoff uh, series for the Leafs. All seven games. And every game that he's played since he got there has been very stable, uh, just calm, collected in the net. You have complete opposite goaltenders here, and you're going to give the net to the guy that just kind of flops around and doesn't really get the results versus a guy who got results for you this year. Now, why That's do you, the problem why do you I think Morazic is the starter? Because of the deal. Yeah? I, th- I think he's going to get it, yeah. Okay. Like... because be, And here's the other thing. Is... Uh, if he's the 1B, it's even worse. Well, like, if he's playing 30 games next year and, for 3.8... Well, that's all he's going to play regardless, because he'll be hurt half the year, but... Well, we'll see. Like, 
I, I, I don't buy the idea that he's the starter because of the very fact that when Freddie was healthy, when he came back and by all accounts was the backup, he was the guy making more money. He, he was the starting goaltender, and they still were confident enough to say, it's Jack's net. And I think you go into next season and say, yeah, the guy that won 17 of 22 games is probably the starting goaltender, and it's his net to lose. Maybe, yeah. I don't. I don't see how you justify that if, and like any other way. Oh, you, no, you can't. Yeah, you don't justify that. But I, I'm not. I'm like not. If if, if Mrazek plays himself into the net, sure. Like I, I've, yeah. I've never like, like the idea of going into next season with Jack Campbell and 82 game schedule yeah. as your starter still has me a little worried. I, I love the dude, but you haven't done it yet. You're like you've never done the job, so. Until you do the job, well, I, I don't know yeah. if you can, right? No, that that's fair. I think so, there's only there's only two goaltenders in the league that I would ever want playing more than fifty games at this point. More more than thirty. Jack, Jack Campbell's played thirty one games once. There are only two goalies in the league that you would rather play more than thirty. No, games. what I'm saying no, is no. Oh no. Okay. No. No. I see. All right. Yeah. So the idea that if if Peter Mrazek plays himself into the that starting position, I'm fine with that. I I don't have this hard on for Jack Campbell that some Leaf fans seem to where it's like he is the end all be all he's got to be the guy because he was so cool and he's he's charming and he's nice to the media and all this and he had a good year he had a good year before that and and before that he had a good year but end of the day he still hasn't like proven to anybody at any point that he can play as a starting goaltender over the course of a full season so you're going to need someone else back there, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I get that. Three three 3.8 is a lot for a guy that I don't think can, I agree. can support. I agree. And regardless, uh, you know, y- y- we obviously differ on our opinions here on, on how we view Campbell. But that's the thing. is like, I don't know that there are, again, similar to the Kemper thing, I don't know that there are any goalies available that I think I would rather play more games than Campbell next year in the NHL, unless they got Grubauer on a team-friendly deal, which they did not. So, uh, like, that's the problem I have, is just spending 3.8 on a guy that I don't think is good support for Jack. Yeah. Uh, in terms of on the ice. I think off the ice they're going to get along great, but... Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't who know the hell? I what the hell Jack do I care? Versed in his Czech Republic, but yeah, yeah. well, well, Peter speaks fluent English, okay. but like I, I've never uh, like I would rather have I've never like, watched Locke for a year and uh, one and a half. Yep, you know, for easily or, or Brian Elliott for one year nine hundred thousand. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, for, for nine hundred thousand. <laughs> for nine hundred thousand, if, no. if if you're that confident in Jack Campbell, well, but okay. But when I say that I'm confident in Jack Campbell, I'm confident in him as our understanding of what a starting goaltender is in today's NHL, which is a 45 to 50 game goaltender. Your 50 plusers do not exist. There's two in the league. It's Vasilevsky and Hellebuck. That's it. Even Leonard should be like 47 ish. You know what I mean? Uh, Brian Elliott playing more than two games in the NHL next year, I think, is going to go very bad. Uh, he's going to be on Tampa. That's his only saving you, grace. You, you, you Sorry know what, to skip ahead. You know what team we're talking about, right? 
The Leafs. Yeah, the team that plays Frederick Anderson 66 games a year. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't I don't get what's your point, though. Well, they're going to try to play someone 66 games a year next year. It's going to be one of the two of them. Well, you just said that it's going to be a tandem, though. You were no, just saying I, I'm I'm saying I think it should be a tandem. I don't believe the team is going to do that because they haven't thus far. So they're going to play Peter Morazic 15 games next year is what you think? Maybe. Or vice versa. And they'll play Jack I, I, Campbell yeah, 15 I, games next year. I, I don't know where you're coming from here. but It's it's very simple. I, I think the Leafs think that uh, you put a goalie net for 60 games next year because that's how they've done it the last five years. Uh, unless the well, guy's been f- hurt. Well, yeah, but fucking Dubas and Keefe were nowhere to be found five years ago. They had nothing to do with the team, essentially. Well, Dubas was a little calculator boy, and Keefe was fucking opening the bench in the OHL. Like, these guys were not around five years ago. This is a different team. Since they've been here, Frederick Anderson isn't getting run into the ground. Since Dubas has been here, like, no one's getting run into the ground, ideally. That's what he's trying to do, is split the net. I understand that. But... I'm just saying that I, I don't think Morazic is the right guy to do it for three years. I I agree with you, Halak. I think Brian Elliott's the worst goalie in the National Hockey League. There we go. I think we I think we summed up all the points there, right? Martin Jones has something to say about that. Uh, Keith Yandel oh, for one year at $950,000 in Philadelphia. Plenty of metrics that say Brian Elliott's the worst goalie in the league. Keith, Keith Yandel is a beauty. Man streak going, I He's guess. a beauty. We yeah, like him. Maybe. I think I don't know how that's going to go, but whatever. Uh, Sean Corrali for four years at two and a half in Columbus. How does this guy keep getting these long deals? I don't get this. It's crazy. Hmm. No, I, I don't hate him, but it's like the second deal he signed over three years. Yeah. It's a weird, weird. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff for a year at four and a half. Yeah. Sure. I'll see you at the trade deadline, I guess. That would have been a weird one to see in another jersey yeah. for sure. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, speaking of guys you don't want net, uh, two years at 4.125 in New Jersey. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'd rather Mrazic, so... I, I know for sure I'd rather Mersey. Yeah, I, I tried the Bernie experiment. Been down the well. Bernie road. Yeah. That guy owes me two hundred dollars for there it. There it is. Yeah. yeah, definitely. God damn. I can't look at number forty five without having some oh, panic. Oh god, yeah. That that number should be retired for bad reasons. Yeah. Uh and also it caused me to hate Jason Chimera forever and I don't like that either. Chris Weidman's back for a year at uh, League Min in Montreal. Mm. Speaking of just picking up the the you know yeah. He's a bad dude. wonder if he knows French. He can talk French in the Uber now. He does not. Hmm. Uh, Nate Thompson for a year at 800000 in Philly. Yep. Cool. Uh, Tucker Pullman, four years at $2.5 million. Remember when Vancouver thought uh. they saved some cap space? Remember when Jim Benning's like, I'll get rid of all the bad contracts and then I'll sign a bad contract. Yeah, that's it's going great. He made a comment about how he sees a lot of Chris Tanev in his game, and someone's like, well, yeah, they're both right-shot defensemen, for sure. True. <laughs> like, True. Yeah. You, you also used to have Chris Tanev. What happened to that? Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. Mm. Uh, Freddie Goudreau for two years in Minnesota at 1.2. Cool. Yeah, he's a guy. He's fine. Sven Barchi for a year in Vegas. At I didn't even Min- see this. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, the Avs went on a little bit of a run here. Uh, Maxime Legacy, Darren Radish, uh, Charles Houdon, and Gabriel Dumont for a year each. Cool. Cutter for Hagee for three. What was the what was the dollar amount? Uh, it wasn't. I don't have it. It's not there. Uh, I look up cap friendly. I did see it. I can't remember. It wasn't bad though. Hagee. You got it. Uh, nope. I can't spell for Hagee. 
<laughs> what do you think it is? V e r h a u g e. H a u g. Uh, you're close. H a e g h e. Yeah, it's a mill. No, no, it's New Deal. His New, his new Deal's four. four wow, four point two ish. Let's call it. They got a. Yeah. They, they got a guy who's on like Olympic radars now. One million three years. That'd be cool. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, the original deal's good. Go that far, the the new deal's good. Four and a half. Yeah, sure. I, I like that. Sure, good deal. Uh, Cage Quinney, never heard of him. Uh, League men. Congrats. Vegas. Josh Levo, one year. League men. One year. I've heard of him. Yep. Could work out. Yep. Uh, local boy Carter Hutton. I'm told he wanted to go south. Yep. I'm going to believe that he was offered one contract by a southern team and he took it. <laughs> wow. Congrats on the south. The tank job is on. Uh, Ian Cole, one year at 2.9 in Carolina. Yep. Sure. He's, Mike, he's good. Michael Delzato, shout out to uh, fucking Colt Herbs there. Uh, two years, two mil. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the best contract he's signed in his career thus far. Now you do have me curious because I feel like he got four something at one point. A year? Well, you got to remember, he was like good his first few years. Like everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to be unreal. And uh, then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But quickly. Um, yeah, he's had a two-year deal, his second, third contract, oh, I don't know what, one of the contracts he signed with Philadelphia Flyers was worth 3.875 a year, and then the next deal he signed in Vancouver was two years at three mil. He has career earnings of, uh, it doesn't say, oh, there it is, $23 million. That's fucked. Yeah. That's wild, honestly. And it's crazy, too, because the the time he was the best uh, was probably on his entry-level entry yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Jujar Kara, two years in Chicago, 975000 Yeah, it's fine. Mm. He's, a, he's a depth guy. Uh, Brock McGinn, four years, 2.75 in, in Pittsburgh. I like it. Sure. I like that. Mm. Yeah. He replaces Tanev. It's yeah. fine. Uh, Nick Patan in Vancouver for a year, uh, two years, sorry, at Lake Min. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets wow. opportunity there. He deserves one. Okay. What's with Vancouver taking all of our guys that I wish like could do better? Levo, yeah. and Patan, and, um, Travis Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. Yep. He's a guy. Chase DeLeo, one year league man. Skipped over VC, I know. Devil. Yeah. Chase DeLeo's a guy, for sure. Alex Winberg, three years, four and a half in Seattle. Not bad. That logo is huge. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Like, I, you know. I like, I don't I don't think he's any better than Kerfoot. Like there's similar types of players, so I think it's a little rich. But I don't know. It's a guy that at least can play yeah. for them. So yeah, career high in goals last year. See what you got. Right. What did he get? Seventeen. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip Grubauer to Seattle for six years, five point nine mil. Like as much as I'm saying, Colorado shouldn't have signed him. I'm not saying that this is like a horrible contract or anything like that. Like he obviously was very good last year. He's nominated for the Vesna. Uh there were points where it looked like his numbers should be better than they were. Like he 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 looks really good a lot of nights. Um the difference is that Colorado's in a cap crunch sort of. You know, they they need to be smart. They can't go signing anything super risky. 
Seattle's in a position where they can take a risk or two. Like, they have cap space. It's time to, you know, maybe throw something at the wall and see what sticks and, and go from there. I think is a good goaltender. So, I, like, I don't hate the deal. For sure. Never send a goaltender until he's 35 years old. Never. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care who they are. That's true. Never. He's older than I thought he was, actually. No. But yeah, he'll be 30. He's 29? He'll be 30 in uh, November. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. The uh, it is worth noting the uh, the power is flickering at my house right now during the storm, so we may be doing the first ever laced up by candlelight episode. This careless whisper starts playing. Uh, Jake McCabe, four years in Chicago for four years. I uh, four million. <laughs> I like. There's a lot of fours in the deal. A lot it's of fine. fours. You gotta it's play okay. someone on defense, I guess. Now that you moved on from the two franchise guys, so. McCabe, McCabe is, sorry, McCabe, uh, last we saw him was really good, but he barely played last year. Uh, he got a very serious injury, but he's coming off a serious injury. It's a four year deal coming to a new team that I don't know is particularly all that good. Like it's just a kind of a stupid risk to me. Um, second best McCabe to play defense with the Blackhawks in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Philip Deneau, six years in Los Angeles for five and a half. Ooh, mm. baby. Mm. Mm. Perhaps not. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Hope There's... they have good pizza in L.A., I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They don't eat that out there, James. they got to watch their figure. they got sushi and... Uh, yeah. yeah. Their gourmet... Avocado. Gourmet uh, coffee and cookie places. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. Ah, I don't they were know. doing a lot of good things in in L.A. and there, I don't know. there are some intriguing things about Dano. I think that maybe lead you to believe that there's like some untapped potential there. Oh, I don't. It, there's just something about the deal that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. So I don't know if if they're, you know. Getting a lot at a Byfield and getting a lot at a Kopitar next year, and he's your third line center, then that obviously moves them ahead very quick. But the problem with the Deneau signing is it almost puts the onus on hmm. Byfield right away, and I I don't like that. So Nick Benino, two years in San Jose for just over two million. Yeah. Yeah. Never so, never wants to win a cup, I guess, that guy. It's a lot right. for me, for sure. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, five years. A cup, no? at- did he win in Pittsburgh? He was on Nashville, I thought. Was he on Nashville? Or well, he was on Pittsburgh, uh, and then he went to Nashville. I think I thought he won a cup with, but yeah, because he that Benino, 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 Nick, Benino. Yeah. Yeah, two cups. Oh. I, I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't host a podcast. Harner Ryan Singh for sure. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, five years, five and a half million, in Seattle. Yeah, bit rich for a defensive forward, but yeah, and that's the problem. Like that's what he is at this stage of his career, right? Like you know when he was putting up 60 to 65 points a year and being pretty good defensively, that's one thing. But uh, he hasn't had a lot of offensive production as of late. And yeah. he's going to a brand new team. Uh, I don't really like the deal, but you never know. We have uh, so much to get to. I'm going to start skipping the guys I, I recognize here. Uh, Ryan Murphy in Detroit for a year. Okay. Sure. Uh uh, Keg McGreg. Who was that? Um, 
Thomas Nosek, two years, 1.75 Boston. I like it. Eric yep. Halla, two years, 2.375 Boston. Yep, I like it. Joe Hicketts, two years in Minnesota at League Min. Uh, we love Joey Hicketts, obviously. Uh, world junior legend. Yeah. Uh, career Canuck Alex Edler heads to L.A. for a one-year deal at three and a half. It's not bad. They had reported that it was two years, at which point I was quite nervous. Uh, one year is more than I would want Alex Edler for at this stage, but, uh, eh, whatever. It's a little bit of experience back there, I guess. Not like they have an experienced defenseman there. Or anything. No, they do not. No. All right, let's do it. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, one year in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly a choice for sure. Um, a million bucks. I just don't really get how um, a team that, you know, has really gained a reputation for being this likable sort of franchise um, that has brought in hockey fans that for, you know, would have no reason to cheer for this team other than them marketing themselves a certain way to try to get people interested in hockey, uh, would want to bring in someone like that where, you know, a lot of fans of the team are people that have had a hard time getting involved with the sport otherwise, and it's someone that sort of excludes people openly, you know? Um... And I've said it before, like, I'm all for second chances and all that shit. Tony D'Angelo's on chance number, like, six now. And that that's kind of the issue I have with it. Um, we've talked about it before. Like, I understood that someone was going to sign him. And I was never really going to defend a team that signed him. But of any team to sign him, this is among the most shocking for me. I don't know. Like, I... I'm I'm the type of person like like that wants the the to see the best out of people and part of me is thinking like maybe it took him getting bought out from an NHL team to like wake up and realize what's up but I don't think Carolina should have been the one knocking at the door necessarily right like right there with you in, 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 on, on that front so and this is like to me like the problem with this. This is why it's so easy, I think, and not so easy, like, it's it's justified to sit here and criticize GMs at the rate that you and I do, is because this is a decision that had to have been talked about for six months. This had to be something that they started talking about in February, you know, what if he's available in, this, in the offseason, do we look at him? And at some point, the conversation has to start. And whenever that conversation starts, by the time your press conference comes up, you cannot have the appearance of, we just had this idea 40 minutes ago, and how, what do you guys think? Like, you have to have more to say than, well, we could just tell he's changed. Come the fuck on. Like, you had, you had so much time to do some digging and find out reasons and... Uh, it's not like you have to answer for everything, but this is undoubtedly a situation where you have to have better than, well, we could just tell he's changed. 
Well, oh, okay, like he's he's alienated a lot of people in the sport and is now given another opportunity to do that. The statements about him being like a great teammate or whatever by the friend like by the Hurricanes was like baffling when you consider like he was punched in the face by teammates in New York before being bought out, you know. Like there's nothing to suggest here that this guy's like a cool dude that gets along well with his teammates because it didn't go that well the first time or the last time I, sh- I suppose right like no one's ever defended him that's played on his team that I've ever yeah. heard yeah not publicly if, if someone really stood behind a guy like if, if you thought that you knew a guy who maybe is misunderstood that you played hockey with at some point aren't you gonna say well hang on here you know here's what you don't understand You'd never heard that about Tony D'Angelo. And I'm not saying it's easy to go and do that. And then even to your point too, the, the whole fucking teammate thing. And then the next day they go out and sign his old fucking teammate from New York. Is that the only guy you talked? Like, did you reach out to one guy who was also a free agent? Who was never going to get another fucking yeah. contract ever again in the NHL? And he's like, oh yeah, no, me and Tony are friends for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. What the fuck else is he going to say? You know? Yeah. Like... Here, here, here's where I, I kind of come down on the whole thing is, I said it earlier, and I understand it, and I realize that it, it plays a role within everything you and I talk about, everything that is involved with the game. At the end of the day, like it or not, it's an entertainment business. It's a sport where you're trying to sell to your fans a championship and you're, you're trying to sell something, sell your, your, your product. If the Hurricanes think that they can win with D'Angelo on defense, replacing Dougie Hamilton or, or whatever mm-hmm. his role is going to be, right? Like if think if they think he at the end of the day is a better hockey player and that his on ice production outweighs the negativity that he might produce in in the off ice side of the of the game, I don't like it, but sure, I I, I can't sit here and say ten minutes ago that it's it's entertainment business and and you got to do that sometimes and then turn around and say, well, don't sign that guy because you know, might be a good hockey player, but he hasn't played for a year and a half is my problem. By the time the season starts, he'll have played six NHL seasons uh, games in. The last year and a half. Is there anything to suggest that he's going to be what he was as a player in Carolina? No. But they're banking on that. And if they win a cup next year, does that all go out the window? Do the fans care? Probably not. Do the larger hockey community care maybe depending on if he does anything but if nothing more comes of the D'Angelo saga where do you draw the line in the sand that the guy has dedicated himself to bettering himself and being a hockey player as opposed to a off ice problem well yeah i mean you you bring up a lot of interesting points though right it's you know 
your the culture around your team obviously you know is obviously incredibly important you know you can't find a, a Stanley Cup champion in recent memory that didn't have some sort of a year where they were just all kind of dialed in and there was this sort of community thing right like there, there hasn't been a Stanley Cup champion in recent memory where there seemed to be other shit going on since probably 2015 now that we look back on it right uh, and even then, it might be more 2013, 2010. So, you know, I understand that uh, from a marketing perspective. You know, at what point does it not matter? Like, I get that too, if the team is that good. Um, you know, and another thing is too, is like there there have been Hurricanes fans that have, uh, you know, taken their name off the season ticket list and are not renewing because of this. But... Unless that number of fans of season ticket holders reaches 10,000, how meaningful is it to the organization? Like, if it's 50 people out of your 18,000 seats, they don't give a shit. And it goes back to the whole idea of, like, thinking that these corporations and these organizations are your friend in any regard, whether it be a hockey team, a soccer team, uh, a a bottled water brand at the end of the day they're all out to make money mm. and that's where the hurricanes mm. are at and what's going to make the money winning a stanley cup and do they think they can do that with tony d'angelo apparently yeah and they might be like i'm not i'm not sitting here saying sure. that the guy can't play hockey anymore that's a different I've, I've, I've never sat here and said that he's a bad hockey player sure you you of course yeah. you got to separate both yeah but you know as well as i do too you could be you could be one of the best players in the world, but if you're a distraction off the ice, things unravel on the bench, things unravel, and, and, and it gets hard to be that dialed-in team. So can they get over the hump with them? I think absolutely not. And do I think they could get over the hump without them? Absolutely not anyway. Like, I don't think this is a... Like, I think this is a team that took several steps back this offseason, honestly. Tony D'Angelo aside... So I don't really think that this is going to matter in that regard. Hmm. But to me, this is one of the bigger marketing nightmares that I've ever seen in the NHL. Of a team that just sold themselves as this lovable franchise. And have now brought in someone that doesn't doesn't accept a large part of their... Like, they, they made this whole gimmick of being these misfits. Yeah. And the fans identify, oh, this is the team I can love too. And it's, I think it's really hard to sell that to those people. Like, I just don't think that that's, I don't think that it's fair. And I understood someone was going to sign them. And it's almost not even that I'm saying no one should. If you want to take that risk, that's up, I mean, no one should. But like, you know, if you're going to take that risk, that's up to you. But the problem I have is that it's the Hurricanes because they are this team that, you know, I think more than almost any other team in the league, this lets their fans down a lot. Yeah. And that's what's so disappointing to me. Yeah, no, and, and like, I, I think the only one that would, would have been worse was the Habs at this point, like, in, at, at this juncture of time. The Habs taking it would have been worse, but the Hurricanes are right up there. Number two for me. So. Yeah, I, I'm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm quite there. Like it, it's, it's tough, man. Like I don't, I don't. You know, we talked about Logan Mayu last week, and we don't need to bring that up again and really get into that specifically. And you know, we've talked about Chicago at length, and like this, this is, uh, I don't know. Like this is the most, this is the most embarrassed I've ever been to say that I'm a hockey fan. Like, I, like I'm embarrassed to talk about this sport right now because. You know, like stuff like this goes on in every sport. I understand yeah, that, but yeah. but this this is just like one thing after another lately of just like one step forward, two steps back, constantly with this sport, and it's been no more evident than it has been in the last three four weeks, where it's just this is a growable sport. This is something that we all see as as like how fun and amazing this sport can be. But by the way. You know, this is the face of this team, and this is the face of that team. And by the way, this team won three Stanley Cups, and here's what was going on. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's embarrassing, and it's it started a thunderstorm, of course. Uh, Dmitry Yaskin won a year in Arizona for 3.2 mil. Did he score 80 goals in the KHL last year or something? It seems like a lot to come back, but something. welcome back. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, I don't know. It... It's kind of neat. It's something different. Like whatever, you know. Bring this guy back from the K. How did he do? Like, did you did you look it I up? I did not. I'm gonna look it up. <clears throat> Obviously, very well. You can move on to the next signing, and I'll find this out if you want. Um. Oh yeah, he did good. <laughs> he had uh, he had 31 goals in 58 games in 2018, 2019. He had 38 goals in 59 games last year. Good for him. Okay, you know what? Fuck. Cool. Sure. Let's do it. Because they're not going to be very good next year either. Put them with Clayton Keller, see what happens. Uh, speaking of not being very good next year, uh, the Leafs signed Curtis Gabriel for one year at Leafman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked your segue. I don't. I don't. Yeah, Gabriel's fine. Whatever. Oh God, he's less than fine. Um, real bad. Not not good. Don't want him on my team. But why? Why? Yeah. What do we need him for? Guy plays what five minutes a night? It's not gonna play much. Just don't sign him. <laughs> just just don't sign him. Just just move along. He's he's got two goals in his career and he's played an average of less than seven minutes a night. Yeah, he's not, he's not your, good. He's he's a, he's a tough guy. Like whatever. whatever. It's yeah, don't sign tough guys. That he can play though. I'm saying like it's not Apparently like he not. doesn't contribute anything. Well, well he has so. Has he? Yeah, he's he's played. What has he played? Seven minutes a night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did Fraser McLaren. Um, How dare you? Gavin Bayreuther, who you probably don't know, but I'm only mentioning because I was taken from Columbus by Seattle, signed with Columbus after being taken by Seattle for two years at mm-hmm. league minimum. So good job, Seattle. Did, did great. I like how this episode has been maybe the worst example of ASMR in the history of time, where we've got, like, nice, soothing rain in the background, mm-hmm. and just us arguing about Curtis fucking Gabriel yeah, over it. It's like, ah, oh, you're kind of sleeping, but it's like, ah, yeah, Curtis Gabriel, you know? Okay, this guy sucks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. Go Seattle. Uh, David Comp for two years, a, a mil and a half in Toronto. 
Uh, I'm not a big David Kampf guy, but... Now, if we um, didn't spend uh, half of Kampf's salary on Gabriel, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't know what the two things have to do with each other. Well, you're paying you're paying Gabriel regardless, so. Well, okay, okay. If if you really want to get into that, they probably aren't. He's probably just going to play on the Marlies. Like he doesn't. It doesn't matter. He just he's a non-factor. It doesn't make a difference. It's a, it's it's not a two-way deal. So that does, but he doesn't count against the cap if he's on the Marlies. Like if they make under nine fifty, it doesn't matter. Okay. No, it, it doesn't. It All doesn't right. count against the cap okay. if they make under 950. Right. You get 950 of relief on every contract if they're in the minors. Okay. That's why if you send like Carl Olsner down at 4.5, you pay him 3.6. Good. Yeah. It he he does it doesn't make a difference. Okay. So I'm 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 more worried because the guy played NHL games last year. So and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, and he should not well, play NHL they, games. They don't all. they don't have room for him in the lineup. I can Good. tell you that. So Good. You can relax, my guy. Weekend on depth. Take it so. easy. David Kampf is uh, an interesting one because there are people that seem to think he's like the next Philip Deneau. And when I watch him, I think he's just a penalty-killing Czech Republican guy. So yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's Riley Nash, but yeah, from the Czech Republic. Very, very confused on this tray on this uh, signing. But maybe I'm missing something. I must be. Yeah. I don't know. They know something you don't. I'm. I put it this way, at this stage of the Leafs offseason, I am quite lost. There is one thing they'll do that I don't mind, but I'm quite lost at this stage, my Trevor guy. Lewis for one year in Calgary at 800000 Yeah, he's fine. Sure. Uh, Zach Hyman, I've heard of him. He signed seven years in Edmonton at five and a half. Congrats. Cash in. I wish him well. I... Cash in. Uh, Braden Point, <laughs> eight years at nine and a half. You can write a lot of books. For free, you know what Good. I mean? You can just sit at home and... Sorry, what, what was the next Braden thing? Point, eight years, nine and a half in Tampa. I like it. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah. Like, he's an interesting one. But he's ultimately probably worth that. It's just... No, he definitely. He's, he's just worth what Mitch is worth. But he's, he's He is the anti-Mitch Marner, however, my friend. Because, because, because. You ready for this? So Mitch Marner was what, like third in the league in points last year in the regular in the regular season, regular season. Okay, uh, Braden Point, not a great regular season guy. Like he's he's good. He's not great. Like he's under a point per game guy. But in the playoffs, I don't know if you've heard about him, but he likes to play in the playoffs. He shows up. Like this is a guy, just big big game sort of player. Like a, you know, it, it, it's it's a great deal in that sense. And even in the regular season, he's He's worth roughly that. So I think they get more than enough return on investment on the deal. Uh, to this point, I, I, I think it's good. I, I like it. Mm. Good deal for Tampa. Great deal. Yeah. Fantastic deal. A steal of a deal, if you will. He's a weird one. Like, when he's on, he looks like he might be the best player in the world. But, like, some nights he's just invisible. Kind of like Mitch Marner. Yeah, well. Um, Luke Shin gets two years somehow. I don't care what the cap hit is. He got two years. That's, that's crazy. I wanted him back for nostalgic reasons, but Ooh. once I saw that, yeah, once I saw that, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want him playing 20 games over two years on that contract. So, uh, Matias Yanmark for a year in Vegas for two mil. Bit rich for me, but mm, sure. A little bit. Nick Felino, two years, 3.8 in Boston. Quite rich for me, but sure. 
did not go to play with Marcus in Minnesota. Shocking. I, uh... I didn't even see this contract. Like, I knew he signed there, but, like, the way everyone made it sound online, it made it seem like he signed for, like, four seasons. Uh, Hmm. Two's okay. That's that's very rich for me. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's worth even half that, but whatever. Cool. He's going to bang around and have some fun there, so. Mike Hoffman, three years in Montreal for four and a half. Oh, I thought he signed a one-year deal there. No. No, no. Oh, that's terrible. No, 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 no. Oh, that's not good. No, 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 no. So they just took, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. North American Thomas Tatar and and put him in for, well, actually he's worse than Thomas Tatar, I would say, but. Well, scores more, but it's Montreal. Sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, he's, he's fine. Like, he's not, he's not bad. He's a great power play player. Uh, he's a, he's a bomb of a shot, Sure, but he's one of those guys that has a great shot that just doesn't know how to score all that naturally. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't love that, but that, that might work out. I could I get it. I get it. I'll put it that way. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't have done. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, anti-Ranta in Carolina for two years at two million dollars. Their goaltending got interesting. It's different. It's interesting. I like Ranta. That's all I... No, I, I was done. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Dougie Hamilton, seven years and nine million in, in New Jersey. I'm interested to hear this for you. That's a steal. The contract, for sure. Yeah. There, there's... Okay. There's certainly no arguing. If, if you're gonna, if anyone's gonna argue that one, you're an idiot. I, I think he is uh, the best defenseman in the NHL. He's a sure bet. I think every night, Hedman when he's on, I think is better. But the injury and everything, and they're pretty close anyway. So I would go Hamilton slightly. Is what I'm saying, right? Sure. So for sure, ten and a half to me. I'd be willing to pay him. But what do you think of the fit for New Jersey? Like, for the player, I think it makes a lot of sense because, by all accounts, Dougie Hamilton has no interest in playing anywhere where there's a massive spotlight. He goes to New Jersey where they have a devoted fan following, but they're not, you know, it's not microscopic lens necessarily. So he kind of blends in. Mm -hmm. It's a team that I think is very much headed in the right direction. Like, they make sneaky little deals all the time, kind of like Iserman does with Detroit, as we're going to get to, where it's like, yeah, like, you kind of just nod your head almost every time they've been making a move in the last year. Like, I think Fitzgerald's sneakily doing things the right way there. He's moving out the old bodies, he's bringing in some new ones, the Bernier signing aside, like, Siegenthaler, they move out Butcher because he hasn't been very good lately. Bring in Graves cheap. Like, that defense is coming together. Heischer will be back healthy, hopefully, this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I like Heischer a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Hughes is something. I don't know Either that... Either of them, yeah. Sorry, I think Jack Hughes is something. I don't like the Luke Hughes pick that much, but I've never really watched him play, so... I don't know if Jack Hughes is Johnny Goudreau, or if he's Patrick Kane... 
but I think he's somewhere in there. So I think they're heading the right direction. I think Dougie made a smart choice here. Yeah. Oh, you know what down. I mean? Hands down. Like real, like it, it, one of those signings where it's just like that's weird, but but okay. Not weird at all. This is the best signing of the uh, free agent frenzy. That's fine. No, I oh. For both the team and the player, you mean? Yeah, no, I I think so too, though. Yeah. Like I I really like it. I'm this, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for him. This has for sure. like shades of Ryan Suter to Minnesota, except that like <laughs> you have other pieces. Yeah, there's a future. You're not you're not being brought in to be the guy. You're being brought in because oh yeah, you're the best defenseman out there. But we also happen to have a lot of really good young up-and-coming people that are a year or two away from really breaking through and we're going to be really good then and you should still be too mm-hmm. yeah hands down yeah yeah it it i don't know okay it almost i'm not going to go this far but it it when i saw it it reminded me of when i was a kid and Chris Pronger got traded to Edmonton. And I was like, okay. Like, okay. Why Why is he going to want to play there? And they kind of put it together in a hurry. But this team has more pieces. It was just like, I didn't consider New Jersey... I didn't even think New Jersey was going to talk to him. I thought they were going to do things the, diff, uh, the different way. Where they were just going to slowly bring everyone up. And then in a few years. But they made a big splash right now. And I respect the hell out of that. Because I think they get a lot better overnight with this move. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I'm happy with that. Good for good for Dougie. Happy for Dougie. We love Dougie on this podcast. Uh, Ryan's brother, Pius, gets signed with the Red Wings for two years at 3.25. Uh, good for him. Uh, Linus- what, what stopped... Like, what possesses Chicago to move on from him? That's the weird thing for me. He's a guy that got Calder votes for them this year. Because it's Chicago, and you can't predict that fucking market right now, I guess. I yeah. Know, like A good, good signing for Detroit. Who is anything for Chicago. I he guess. was the guy that I was hoping the Leafs were going to land. Yeah. I wouldn't want him at that money. No. But good signing for Detroit. That That's a good buy low sort of thing. Linus Ulmark, four years, five mil for Boston like it a lot really yeah okay as a backup for five five mil like this is vegas 2.0 boston hasn't signed rask yet and i th- okay i i th- well they no they haven't don't I know. you <laughs> I, no i know dude that is a fact uh, i'm aware that's like saying washington hadn't signed ovechkin yet i don't know that they're i don't know that that's gonna get done okay like, do you think I'm crazy for saying that? A little bit. Otherwise, like, why wouldn't Seattle take him? I think he's going to retire. Three, four? No, I know. But but he insists he's not playing anywhere else. And I don't... I don't... I don't think you make this move if you intend on bringing him back. There was a lot of talk that they weren't going to bring him back. There was talk that they were going to trade him at one point last year. For whatever reason, Bruins fans fucking hate him, despite the fact that he 
may be the best goaltender they've ever had. And, uh, in recent memory. And so, the Allmark thing for me is, even if he's the 1A, 1B there, like, he was a 9, what, 9-17 type goalie with Buffalo. Like, he's had good numbers in Buffalo. He, he sort of reminds me of Leonard. Where it's just a guy, like, he was good in Buffalo despite the team being horrible. And I like the deal. Like, I, I no, think it's no, a decent no, no. fit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like the deal for Allmark. I, I think that's what but he's But you're, you're worried about committing that amount of money to goaltending. Yes, because I, okay. I, I do think Rask is back. But you're Does right. It? Like, I guess there's an outside chance that he doesn't come back. But it seems weird. It feels wrong to say that, I guess. There's just something about that whole situation that doesn't feel right for me. Okay. And I'm not... <clears throat> okay, I'm not saying he's retiring, but I don't think he's coming back to Boston. Hmm. And he insists that he's not playing anywhere else, so if that's the case, then I guess I'm saying he's retiring. I guess so. I, I don't know, but I, I have a hard time believing he's coming back. Uh, Brandon Davidson, one year in Buffalo for League Men. That's a guy. Cool. Um, Craig Anderson, one year for League Men in Buffalo. I'm going to shout out one you skipped over. I think Brady Keeper to Vancouver is an interesting one. I like him a lot. Oh, He's a okay. tenacious defenseman, and I think I think that might be something there. I don't know who that is. He's, he's the one who's from, like, not Churchill, but even more northern than Churchill. Like, he's from some random reserve... Mm in Manitoba and they were all kind of rooting for him when he when he made the NHL. Okay. Um uh, we like Brady Keeper, but I actually like it's not even just cuz it's a story to me. I think he's actually a good defenseman. So I like the signing Craig Anderson is a that's the weirdest yeah. thing I think maybe that happened this wow. week where uh the Capitals said he was retiring and Craig Anderson's like, "Yeah, maybe." And then a couple hours later he's like, "But maybe not." Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know why he would do this. Because that was the only team that gave him a contract offer. I guess he's just that hungry to play still, though. I just, sure. like, why, like, you played, His like, three games cancer, last year. And, like, it's expensive to have medical that's, bills. That's possible. Um, well, <laughs> sorry. That is true. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason that he's still playing, but I thought she was well. Not that we need to speculate on these sure. types of things but um up. as a career move anyway i'm just surprised he's continuing to play but uh sure good on him david riddick one year in nashville for 1.25 why not go be the backup he's fine yeah he's fine dominic simone one year in pittsburgh for back, back to pittsburgh i like mm-hmm. that don't know you, don't know you. Uh, one year for Vili Hinestroza. Oh, be nice. For just over a mil. I like Hinestroza. I don't know. In Buffalo. I, I think there's a little something there still, but we'll see. Okay. Pierre Edouard Belmar in Tampa for two years, one mil. I like that quite a bit. I, I think he's pretty damn good. So. Ryan Dezingle for one year in Arizona for 1.1 mil. Uh, I didn't know about that till right now. Um, cool. I I don't. Yeah, whatever. He's he's useful. Hmm. Uh, Brian Elliott in Anaheim for one year, nine hundred thousand dollars. What? Hmm. So he signed with two different teams. Yeah, Brian Elliott, the goalie. Is this 
Is this a different brand? <laughs> Gotta be. What am I missing here? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, this one is not the one that you know. It's the wait. Other... It's a different. It's an actual different yeah, Brian no, Elliott. It's a different Brian Elliott. Okay. What's well? Tell me about him. I have James? no idea. I have no. I never heard of this guy before. Well, but he's right in front of you. Yeah. Tell and, me what you're seeing here. I'm seeing that he signed a one-year UFA deal with Anaheim Ducks for nine hundred thousand dollars. You don't have an eight. You don't have that's, anything. There's no hockey. Nope, nothing. There's nothing comes up when I search him. How can that possibly be, James? Like I have to find this out. Is this going to be one of those things where you Google blue waffle and it fucking pops up with all this <laughs> fucked up shit? I don't think I ever did that either. I don't actually know what the joke is on that one, but uh, it's one a year STD kind of. Okay, know. Brian Elliott. That's what I figured anyway. Yeah. Brian Elliott, one year Anaheim. No, I, th- I think I got nothing. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so it's just a mistake. I no, it's not. Uh, Dominic TSN doesn't make mistakes, Brutes. Just not at all. Dominic Ensemble Family Tershon, who has a deep family, signed a one-year deal with the Wild for his men. It's Toretto in the movies, right? Toretto. But like Tergeron, like you know, Pierre, you know, you got Sylvain. No, no, oh, no, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm actually just asking Plus you. Plus it's Dominic. Um, when, when did Fast and the Furious 9 come out? Is it out? Sorry, 9? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were a fan of those movies because I wanted you to tell me. I've seen about them all. The, I want you to tell me but about I, the new I one. I assume 9 was No, like the, four there's years a ninth ago. one. Uh, was that four look. years ago? I don't think so. Because the new one's F9. That's that's not right. F9 okay. came out May 19th. So you haven't seen this yet. No, I've not. I have not been to the oh. theaters shockingly enough. Can you can you do me if well, you probably won't even be able. You don't have time for this, but if you can, mm-hmm. for our listeners, mm-hmm. can you watch that before the last episode of the season and give us your review? If I can find a copy, I will do that. Yeah. Let's go. For sure. If I <laughs> If if for some reason our schedules line up at some point, mm. I'll go with you to see it. Wow. Okay. I is it in haven't theater? seen the last six no. of them or yeah, so. I would imagine. Not. I think Tokyo Drift was the last one I saw. Uh, that's a great one. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No, I must have watched the one after that because I like at some point the entertainment value was just gone for me. Like I didn't even I wasn't even entertained anymore. But I'll go. I'll go to F nine. It's not like that's the one where they go to the moon. I think. Apparently, yeah. Uh, Garrett Sparks in L.A. went to the moon for one year at uh, League Men. Mm. Sure. Um, Dylan McIlrath for two years in Washington for League Men. Uh, the Undertaker. Something like that. That's yeah. his nickname. Yeah. That's cr- that's crazy. Derek Ryan in Edmonton for two years, one point two five. Oh no, I get, I get it actually because they're gonna play uh, the Rangers, so there's gonna be like a line brawl proper this year. I think is what both those teams are doing. Derek Ryan to the Oilers. Um, yeah, I don't care for that, but mm. whatever. I don't know. Any and of also, these guys... the Bruins try sign Troy Grosnick. Who? Uh, he's a goal the goal the goaltender. Never. Which like. He's a guy where it's just kind of like, again, it seems like they're kind of just bringing in goalies just mm. in case, you know? Okay. I don't know. 
Uh, Brett's uh, cousin Nick signed in Calgary for one year, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I guess yeah, it's good for him. Right. Dissimony. Wow, shout out Brett yeah. DeSimony on the podcast at one forty five in the morning. Yeah, That's Taylor crazy. Fredown in Pittsburgh. Can I, yeah, no can I bring up Go another ahead. one too? Sure. Adam Clendenning keeps getting work. Philadelphia. I guess so. That's crazy. I know the name. I don't Yeah, no, I've but never like seen him play hockey before, No, that's the but, thing. Like I've never watched him play. And at one point he was like a high end not a high end prospect, but it was like, Oh, this guy this guy's yeah. gonna be a guy and yeah. it's like cool. It turned out he was gonna be the guy. That's just going to be the guy that pops up oh, yeah. every free agent signing oh, day. for sure. Like, he's just the guy we say on the podcast a lot, basically. Uh, Taylor Fredon in Pittsburgh for one year, league men. Yeah. Okay. That's a guy. Uh, Patrick to, Brown. Back, back to the... Oh, who? Patrick Brown to Vegas. Who is that? Uh, okay. Back to the trades. Ryan <laughs> Reeves to the Rangers for a third-round pick. Tom Wilson Knight. I get it. But, like, is, is Tom Wilson worried now? I would be. <laughs> I think you have to be. Well, I don't think he's worried. But I think... I think he should be. I, you think... Well, what's Ryan Reeves going to do? Murder him in cold blood at center ice? He's going to beat the shit well, out of him, probably. Well, you could pick him up but... and drop him on his head without a helmet, I guess. And that would cause a national outrage, so... Reeves is one of the only guys that I think could kick Tom Wilson's ass pretty good. Yeah. And also, it frees up cap space for Vegas. And also, the Rangers seem to be building around tough guys all of a sudden, This is too. how the ebb and flow of the league goes. Eventually, in two to four years, you'll find that every team has an enforcer <laughs> again. So, yeah. I've thought about that often. Do you ever think about that? No. <laughs> I am genuinely curious if Skill's going to... Almost dial back a little bit. The league has to. GMs are continuously making bizarre, bring in big tough guy decisions. Because they're dumb, yes. No, I get it. I'm curious. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And then the more your Leafs and Hurricanes continue losing in the playoffs doesn't help either. Mm. You know? Uh, Dmitry Kulakov in Minnesota for two years at 2.25. It's too much money. It's a weird one. Uh, sorry, it's not too much money. It's uh, any money is too much. He's terrible. Right. So, I like uh, I like him, but he's bad. Yanni Hockenpah in Dallas for three years, one and a half. Just, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's I guess that's about right. Michael Raffle in Dallas for one year, one point one. Cool. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Corey Perry uh, is tired of losing to the Lightning in the finals, so he signed with them for two years at one million. See, now this is an interesting one because... You live long enough to become the hero <laughs> or see yourself become the bad guy. They have Perry and Maroon. So, which cancels which out? You know what I mean? Like, which oh, team it. stops getting fucked by right. the other one? Yeah. Or a guy gets... You know what I mean? That's going to be tough. interesting. Uh, Brandon Saad in St. Louis for five years at 4.5. Very long. Yeah. The money's about right for me. Yeah, yeah. I three years, three years would be perfect. I um, I'm curious because I don't know if you participated. I did. I ran a poll on Twitter this week of Tartar. who who is the best player: uh, Brandon Sod, Thomas Tatar, Mike Hoffman, mm. and you voted for Tatar. 
That's my thought too, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I think they're comparable. Like, I all think they're very they're, useful you, middle six offensive wingers. I had to think about it for sure. It's just like Thomas Tatar is like was the number two play driver on arguably the best five on five line in the league the last yeah. three years. Over the last three years, and I get that he's unsigned, but it's just like it. It perplexes me that Brandon Saad gets twenty two and a half million dollars. And Thomas Tatar is probably going to get one year at two and a half. It's just weird. And I, I'm very... I don't know. I Like, I don't hate Sod, but I think this is... I don't know. Hmm. As far as, like, questionable deals go, it's fine. Like, at worst, it's not going to be horrible. Too but, long, too rich. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, but it's not horrible. Darren Helm, one year, one mil. That's weird. Colorado. He... It's, it's almost like if you... In the middle 2000s told me that Chris Draper is going to go over to fucking Colorado. Like, it just don't look right. Okay. You know? Darren Helm in any other jersey, that's odd. Interesting. Colorado almost makes sense because it's like the mid-2000 contender, in a way. Okay. It, like Darren Helm in Ottawa, to me, that would be fucked up. But Philip Cheadle, New York, uh, two years. <laughs> Do we have a number? No. <laughs> uh, Good deal, probably. Yeah. Denton Hyden, <laughs> one year, 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, he's fine. I thought that was a good pickup for sure for Pittsburgh. I, I think that's a good fit. What, what are you gonna What are you gonna lose? It's one year. It's Sidney Crosby. It's probably gonna is gonna be like a fifty point scorer next year. I don't know. If... This is another one where it's like I'm curious to see if there was something I'm missing because like he has very similar numbers to uh, Mister Comfa that signed with the Leafs. Okay. And they got Heinen for a year less for 400k less. I like Heinen. Good skater. Good defensive forward. Athens to see you in uh, LA for one year. Oh, fuck. Uh, LA taking a big step back. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Like he's an NHL guy. But that's 7. a lot of money. Yeah. John Merrill, Minnesota, one year, 850,000. Yeah, good. Actually, good. That's. That's. <laughs> That's your depth signing. That's what Derek Forbert and shit should have gotten signed to. Minnesota fucking... At least... At least Minnesota only committed one year too long on a defenseman. Mm. This offseason. Mm. One year too long on Kulikov. Mm. But Goligoski, Merrill, one year deals. Mm. Standard. Mm. Uh, Jake Bean in uh, Columbus for three years. 2.33 million. I like it. I'm not crazy about him, but I think that's a good deal. Not the worst defensive signing they'll make... That day, uh, Brendan Smith in <laughs> Carolina for a year, 800000 Uh Yeah, he's the guy that Tony D'Angelo knows. So Matthew Perrault, one year in Montreal for 900000 Good signing, Yeah, actually. That's yeah. pretty, that's a nice tidy bit of Could business go well. for Montreal. Could go real well. Yeah. And Zach Renski gets uh, six years in Columbus at $9.58 million because uh, he, he, he won three Norris's, right? Yeah, that's that's why he got that deal. Not as tidy, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, and I'm talking about his defensive play. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like Warinsky. He's fine. I, th- I think he's good. He's not third highest paid defenseman in the league no. good. No, he's not. Because like, even, even his best year was last year. He had 20 goals. Played reasonably well defensively. It was the first year where he actually was like, okay, this guy's a, you know, can contribute defensively. And then this year, 
you know, he was a major minute player on one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And I understand the argument when it's with guys where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, but they were on a bad team. But at some point, you also have to go the other way and just be like, yeah, no, but maybe the team was bad because this was the guy they were playing a lot, too. Like, you know what I mean? At some point, that also gains a little bit of traction. I think he's good, but I just, like, I, I, th- I think that's uh, that's probably about $2 million more than I would have had him at. Yeah. Uh, especially on a six-year deal. Oh, yeah. You know, like, on an eight-year deal, he should have been around, like, yeah. seven two. Probably. Oh, okay, okay. Or if you go up, like, regardless of how you see it. Yeah. But, like, um, I, I don't see any circumstance where he should have come in at 9-5 unless it's, like, a two-year deal. But if you're doing a two-year deal with him at that number, uh, he's walking after that. So that also would have been messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's It's tough. I'll give Columbus slight credit in the sense that, hey, they finally paid a player. But wow! Uh, yeah, convince someone to stay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think it's too much, but it might work out. Is all okay. I'll say. Like it's not. It's not a catastrophe, but it's a lot. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Al's son Ryan signs a uh, one-year deal in Buffalo as McKinnis gets league minimum there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson, you just wanted to talk about Al McKinnis briefly. Uh, Tyson Joe's two years in Colorado. Uh, the number is it's, it's, escaping me. It's two mil okay. uh, per okay. four mil four mil total. Uh, solid signing. Uh, he's a good defensive forward. Um, I think we all kind of thought there was going to be a little bit more offensive pop to him in the NHL, and that's maybe a mild disappointment. But he's still a very capable defensive uh forward in a in a in a decent you know what I mean like he's a decent middle six forward yep. I guess is what I'll yep. say so good signing I think I think I like that for Colorado he's probably going to get a lot more when that's done provided his trajectory keeps going but uh Ivan Barbashev uh 2 years in St. Louis for 2.25 million not bad yeah yeah why not it's okay and I guess that leaves us with uh, fucking Andre Kasha in Toronto for one year, one point two five million. Mm-hmm. Pretty down. Uh, very, very. Um, like it's it's obvious to say, like it's where we have a podcast, so we have to point this out. He obviously has a, a decent amount of injury history in the last couple of years. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt that there's a lot of questions as to, there were a lot of questions as to whether or not his career was done last year. And he seems to have come out on the other side of that to the point that, you know, at least he's signing NHL deals now. So, um, that's good. Is kind of a less skilled, more gritty William Nylander. He has the puck all the time. He has a lot of speed. He likes to go into the corners and fucking throw his weight around at full pace. Mm-hmm. That last part might be a knock as much as it's a compliment. Because that seems to be what's getting him into trouble. From what I understand. Uh, he forechecks almost too hard. And he kind of needs to learn how to keep his head up. Where have we heard that before? You know, oh, it's wow. almost like yeah. a... 
Big uh, centerman in the 90s had issues with that. Mm, crazy. Yeah, I, I, I think if he can stay healthy... Um, if he can stay healthy, this is a massive acquisition for the Leafs. This isn't a, uh, this isn't a nice depth move. This is a uh, clear-cut top six forward. But the health is a huge if. And uh, at the number, at the term... It is a fine risk for a team that I think kind of needs to be a little more savvy with this kind of stuff. This is the one move they've made this offseason where uh, I I think it makes a lot of sense. Hmm. You? I don't know. Like, it doesn't wow me, but... I like... I've I've liked Andre Kasha for a lot of his career, obviously. Um... I like the way he plays. It's a it's a bit rich for a team that's so strapped. Like I, I get yeah he's worth that, but yeah no I I I know what you're saying. That's a third of all the cap space we have in the world for a guy that's played six NHL games in the last year. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I guess I I don't know. I I like the dude. I I want him to be well, not even for my team, just in general, but. Hard to say. Yeah. It does seem like a lot of times with these uh, can-he-stay-healthy projects that the answer is usually a no. And that, that that's the only thing for me. Like, yeah. it's, you know, there there's always times where... Um, I, I don't know, though. There, there have been times where we thought guys were done and they end up getting a lot of other years out of their career and, uh, you know, get some sort of a second resurgence. But Andre Cash is a guy where... They continuously say upper body, upper body, upper body. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know for sure that it's only a concussion. Like, it might be other things. So, we'll we'll see. But he's a guy that I think is capable of scoring 30 goals at a National Hockey League level when he's healthy. But we'll see. Uh, putting a bow on day by day. Um, day by day. Uh, the Red Wings acquire Mitchell Stevens from the Lightning for a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. Highway robbery. Um, I like Mitchell Stevens. Yeah, nice, nice move. Yeah, great, great trade for Eisman. Yeah. Uh, Solid bottom six there. player. It looks like uh, David Krejci has retired, but is also gonna keep playing hockey, just not in the yeah. NHL. So I don't know how retirement works necessarily, but he's going to the Czechs. So he's going to the Czech Republic. He's gonna play hockey there. He's mm-hmm. from the Czech Republic. So good for him. Weird. It's gonna be weird not having him on the Bruins. It's weird because. He, at times, has been not detrimental. Like he's always been, he's always been fine. Yeah. At worst. Yeah. Right. But like he's coming off one of his best years in a while last year, and now he's gonna go. And this is a team that at one point was just like, wow, we gotta trade David Krejci and get him the fuck out of here, kind of thing. And like last year it was like wow like this team is really good because of David Krejci <laughs> and like now he's gone and it's um this is the first time in a while where I think Boston is just kind of looking at the roster and I think they have a huge hole there and um like they're not they're not going to be able to fill that but can they you know overcome that it's a weird one for me, too, because, like, there is a little part of me that wonders if 
Taylor Hall knew for sure that Krejci wasn't coming back. Like, you'd have to think that he had to. But the whole thing for him was that he wanted to play a second-line role with a good centerman. Hmm. And his centerman now is, it looks like it's Charlie Coyle, who is not a top-six centerman. So he's kind of back where he started in a way. At least he's, you know, on a good team. But how good are they without Krejci? I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical on that. Uh, Lastly, uh, Jack Eichel and his agent have called out the Buffalo Sabres, mm-hmm. stating that um, they're they're not happy. Like, you know, the, the process is not working, as, as the statement states, um, that uh, Jack Eichel would be ready for regular season hockey come come the fall. Stopping him from playing in the NHL, I believe, is was the, what the word they used. Yeah. So the idea that any team that should be worried about acquiring him doesn't need to be. Um, this feels very much along the lines of a lot of teams that might have been interested in Eichel were scared away by the lack of medical information being released. Mm-hmm. And so the agent did that. The agent came out and said, here it is. It's all good. Don't worry about it. He's going to be good. By opening night. He'll be fine. We don't know if that's the case, right? Like, the agent obviously is looking for the best deal possible for his agent. The, you know, agent is not a medical professional. I'm sure he's consulted with. But it's never a definitive answer when you deal with these types of situations. Well, and even just the read between the lines part of that is that he said he'd be healthy if he got the operation. Yeah. Which doesn't imply that, at this point, that he'd be ready for the season if he gets the operation now. It implied that had he got the operation on time, he'd be ready to go for October. Even if he gets it now, mm-hmm. maybe he's ready for October. But, unless a trade happens tonight, it's another day down. We're another day closer to the start of the season, right? So how much longer is that going to tick on before he's going to get this operation? And that's that's the yeah. problem, it seems. Right? The statement says, even as of this date, okay, that Jack would be ready for training camp. So great. So a week from now, he misses a week. A month from now, he misses a month. Like, like where do you draw the line if you're a team suiting Jack Eichel yeah. with this information? How accurate is this information is a worthy question. Mm-hmm. Right? Is this just a guy posturing to get his client a better deal, uh, a way out of Buffalo? Regardless, I think with all signs suggesting that Vegas has moved on, where does the Jack Eichel, you know, trade come from? Well,. So, as much as I don't like the dude, like, Darren Dreger had an interesting tweet this week about how Jack Eichel's become the forgotten superstar. Right? And, like, other than well, other than Dougie Hamilton, he's the best player that's been available that we know of this offseason. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, uh, I hear your question and I want to raise you a question. Like, do you think that teams have taken, from what we've seen, we see all these free agent signings. We see Derek Forbert get $9 million for three years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All these kind of signings go through where teams are spending money, spending money. My God, it's hard to spend money in a flat cap era. I and mean, we spend money, spend money on all these guys. 
Do you think teams have gotten to a point where they almost underrate star power and, and overrate the quality, like overrate that depth that's out there and the importance of paying that depth and getting that depth? Like, do you do you think we've almost gotten to a point where having two Derek Forberts on the roster is more important to general managers than having a Jack Eichel? Or do you think that Jack Eichel's not getting traded because of his injury or because of the asking price? Because I almost think it's somewhere in between where I think, like, I think the, the cap's hard to work for sure. Finding a trade is obviously not easy. What do you give up and what what's the right move? Yeah. But I think there are teams out there that, like, almost every team could use Jack Eichel. Healthy. 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 Yeah. And it sound it sounds like, you know, I don't. He's okay. probably okay, but let me start off by saying know. I don't believe a word his agent says. I I have no reason to. It's hard to believe any agent. If if, if the car salesman is telling me the car's in good shape, I'm gonna yeah. you know he's trying to sell the car, right? I I get that. Flurry with the sword through the back. Sure, you know, like yeah, well, he was on to something. Actually, it's a bad example. I, I, I think <laughs> I think Eichel is uh, a superstar in this league. How healthy is he? It's not for me to say, mm-hmm. right? So when a guy comes out and says that, oh, my client is is good to go and, and he's healthy, I don't want to see teams just. You know, crank the steering wheel, steer into that skid, and 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 go for him because of one guy's opinion. Mm-hmm. Your question to me about like the Derek Forbert thing is is complicated because I think that there is an overvaluation in terms of what today's defenseman is worth. Like clearly, over the past month or two, we've seen a spike where guys that aren't worth their salary are being signed for that because there seems to be some sort of panic it, it, it almost is that we got to have these guys and and I don't know like I'm I'm not saying they're wrong to do so they might be right like I get like I guess here's here's something that I've been wondering is like do you think that and Derek, maybe Derek Forbert's not the right example, mm-hmm. but like Derek Forbert's the one that I thought of. Tucker Pullman, maybe for you, one of the two. Like, do you not think that there are guys that play major minutes in the American Hockey League or even the KHL that are roughly the same caliber that you could just bring in for a million and a half cheaper on a shorter term mm-hmm. and just kind of run because like. It's almost to me like maybe um, to compare it to a Leafs defenseman. Like I would almost rather run ten minutes of Andreas Borgman than thirteen minutes of Derek Forbert at three times the price, or whatever the minutes yeah. are. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I just find that the degree of separation between talent. At the low end level of your roster, is a lot smaller than I think general managers make it out to be, and maybe I'm wrong. But I would rather free up that depth money to bring in a Jack Eichel if you're a team that doesn't have a Jack Eichel and mm. needs a Jack Eichel 
rather than taking that roughly $10 million and spending it on your Forberts and your, you know, like Vancouver's your classic example, right, of, of spending money on Beagles and Roussels and all that kind of shit, and it's like, fuck, how are we going to sign Elias Pettersson? And it's like, yeah, maybe he might get offer sheeted. <laughs> you know, like, we'll yeah. see what happens there, yeah. right? Like, and I don't know. Like, I just, I, I sort of wonder if, I sort of wonder if priority is taken away from players like Eichel because we haven't seen one of that caliber available through trade in a while. You know? I, I, like, Carlson is comparable, and it didn't work out for San Jose. So I wonder if that even is part of what backs guys off. Like, like I'm almost wondering if there's like a fundamental shift in philosophy here is what's maybe at play. But I don't. Think maybe I'm reading a, into it too uh, much. A player available at Eichel's level in thirty years. Honestly, like I, I don't think that type of player comes along. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like I, you know, like even even at even at his worst, you know, health aside, but like healthy Jack Eichel at his worst is no matter what a top twenty center. Like yeah. no one can take that away sure. from him, right? I, I, like Le Cavalier, uh, thirteen years ago, maybe. No, and he never got traded, even. Well, well not in his prime. Like right. he got eventually yeah. got traded, but like. Yeah. Prime Le Cavalier was available. Mm-hmm. Montreal made that offer. I don't remember what the story is behind why he didn't get traded in that deal, but that was apparently a thing mm-hmm. that was out there, you know. Regardless, like Newendijk for a Ginla, like like Newendijk wasn't a superstar, but he kind of was. He had had success, but like that was team based more so than it was player based, right? Like. I think Eichel is that guy where you can't hold him fault for what Buffalo's done on the ice. You you have to look at the player it, it, itself and and go from there. I get it. He's he's had his problems. It's skeptical, especially with the, like the cap hit. You can't just dive into that. I I understand. No, that. No, for sure. But it's it's not. I just I I see all these fan bases and these teams talking about like. Well, he's not worth this. And it's like, nobody is. Like, I, I don't care what your trade offer is. He's worth it. See, and, that, that, and that's the funny thing. is like, I haven't seen a trade offer for Eichel where I thought it was enough for yeah. Eichel. Yeah. Like, every proposed option and, and the fan base goes, well, no. Mm-hmm. But, like... Habs fans talk about, like, like well, we can't lose Tot Kniemi for Eichel. Oh, yeah, you can. And you can afford you to lose should. a lot more than that, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah. You want because, to lose, because you want to lose Caulfield for Eichel? Yeah, you do. You want to lose Caulfield for Ca- Eichel. I think Caulfield's the only one on no. that team. No. Not even close. It would be Caulfield plus for Eichel. Healthy. Caulfield's a tough one, I think. I think that I think that's a hmm. I think that's a harder one for me, but I don't think it's close. But even but even if it's Kotkaniemi and Romanov and fuck even for me, if it's Suzuki and Romanov, and you're putting Eichel, all four you're on putting the same list you're putting Eichel, I'll get on board. I think to me, all I'm getting at is that if you put Eichel as Caulfield center, 
Jesus fucking Christ. And that's the way they should be looking at it. And because it's, it, 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 your Caulfield point, I understand. But all the arguments around Eichel, it, it's not even getting to Caulfield level prospects in a lot of fucking, like, it's not getting to your byfields and shit like that. It, it's not getting to those top mm. prospects. It's getting to every team's second tier prospect, or second, even second best prospect. So if it's fucking Suzuki and Kakaniemi and Romanov in a first, Okay, maybe that's rich. Maybe it is. Maybe. But we're not even getting to that point. So if you're telling me it's Kakaniemi and Romanov in a first and fuck Suzuki, and you're telling me Montreal doesn't want to take that? For Jack fucking Eichel? A guy that puts them probably over the edge immediately just because it's a world-class superstar plus a decent supporting cast that yeah. he's never had. He's, has well, the, the, a, he's had a fucking AHL team. Ha, ha, and Sam Habs, Reinhardt. Habs fans don't want to do Druin and Tatar with the second for Eichel. And that's that's the problem. You know right? what I mean? It's just like, like there's and it's every fan. It's almost every fan base. It's just like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. And it, you know, mm. like there are a few teams where there's no logical proposal where it's going to make any sense, right? Like Toronto, it doesn't make any sense. Tam- well, doesn't Tampa it doesn't doesn't it though? Well, it it just gets a lot trickier. I think like sure. it, it, it's a tough one because like when it's Toronto, it's it, it's it has to be Marner, and then it's who's better. And you're I don't think anyone's really going to come to a consensus there where it's like obvious. You know, would I trade Eichel for Marner? Yeah, I yeah no I the probably yeah. would. <laughs> But it's yeah. I don't know that it makes them any better though. Like I we're, think we're, I think they're close getting, enough player wise. Like twelve years from now, we're gonna have the Voracek for Atkinson deal, and it's gonna be Marner for Eichel. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just that's what they're gonna be. They're, they're gonna be so far apart where it's like, yeah, we need a guy to pass. Yeah, we need a guy to score. And they're just going to swap each other. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Like, Yeah, except neither of them can score. <laughs> well, it's just passers. But no, Jack, Jack can score. Jack can score. No, I get, I get it. Uh, I, I, I guess all I'm asking you is, like, what like, what do you think the major holdup in that trade is? Like, what, what if you had to pick a thing? It's, it's the... You think it's the injury? It's the shroud around Buffalo Sabres front office releasing what the injury entails because so much has been made about the fact that the Sabres want him to go plan A and Eichel and his doctors want to go plan B and well now we don't agree and where do we do from here and well uh hey I'm the Philadelphia Flyers like what's the injury trouble and the team's going well it's A and the players agents going well it's B and what is it? I'm not saying the Sabres are wrong, but someone needs to figure out what the fuck is going on with this guy. Like, what what is the injury? What is the prognosis? What is is he going to play hockey again? Is he ever going to play hockey again? Is he going to miss any of the next season? Is he going to miss the next year and a half? Like, someone needs to figure this the fuck out because the Sabres want to protect their asset. I get that, but Jack Eichel is Jack Eichel. Where on paper you go, yeah, he's probably a top five player in the league if he's healthy. Is he healthy? 
no one knows. Mm-hmm. So, like, someone needs to figure it the fuck out because this is, we're missing out on potentially what could be the biggest deal in, in the last 30 years of the NHL. And it's all because he said, she said about whether or not his neck's okay. Mm-hmm. Which I get, it's important. You need to figure that out. But I think at this point in free agency, like, starting up a couple days ago, like, the answer's there. Just, no one's putting it out. Mm-hmm. Truthfully. Honestly. Like, I, I think the Sabres at this point are hiding something because we've come so far. Whereas, uh, two months ago... I almost think he's nervous. Two months ago, if you would ask asked me, I would have said, well, it's it's the agent protecting his player. Protecting the asset, right? Now we've come so far... Well, of course, like, that's his job. Yeah, and again, but two two months later, it's like yeah, it's Buffalo's problem now. Like they're the ones that are causing the issue. They're they're the holdup, but no one knows. Mm-hmm. So, I I think he's a top five player in the league, and if you can tell me the last you mean time top five player top in five the player in the league, like not just forward, not just center, like top five center is what you're saying. Top five forward, sure. That's unreal. So you would go. You would go McDavid, not not necessarily in this order, but you would go McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby. Where do you go from there? Matthews, Eichel. Yeah, eh? Yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like, part of me thinks Kevin Adams is almost just nervous, but, like, an, another part of it, though, is, like, Kevin Adams has done such a good job of trading fucking shit for nothing this offseason, too, where it's, like, it's it's just weird to me that he can figure out a way to get that shit for fucking Rasmus Ristolainen and get that shit for Sam Reinhart. Yeah. And, because he's healthy. And there's... An, so, so that's the thing. Like, to me, it, it it's either the injury or these guys are underrating the rate of a superstar. Like, if he's asking... You know, but if he's asking a price where Jack yeah. Eichel is a top five player in the league, and I'm not saying he's not, but if that's the price he's basing it on, mm-hmm. like a healthy Jack Eichel being the fifth best centerman in the league is probably worth two or three first round picks, a top prospect and a good roster player. Yeah, has down roughly right. Yeah. Like if I'm just spitballing, no one has, no one has traded anyone for that. In so fucking long that, you know, he, he might be having a hard time trying to logically make that happen. And I, and it's... No, I think the problem is that Kevin Evans doesn't want to trade away a top five player in the league. That, well, that's at, what at I'm saying, team. though. Like, so, that's... like, if, if, if your strategy is to go, well, you know, he might not be healthy, so he's only worth, you know, su- such and such. And the team's going like, well... I'll give you this if he's healthy. Just mm-hmm. tell me if he's healthy. And Kevin Adams doesn't want to look like the guy that's losing in the trade, so he's never going to reveal that information. And now the agent has to. Well, mm-hmm. now we can't trust the agent. So it, it, it's a big runaround as far as I'm concerned. Like, like someone has to draw the line and say, the doctor has to come forward and say, this is where we're at. This is what he is. This is how long he'll be out. And and here's the prognosis, and then you can move forward because right now there's there's too much uncertainty around the entire uh, the player, the injury, and, and everything around it. Because Jack Eichel, 
whether whether you think he is a top five player today or not, he was at one point. So mm-hmm. figure it out. Is he hurt? Is he not? Once you know that, then you can make an offer. And obviously Buffalo wants to win that deal. So they're going to try to sell as low as they can for a guy that, well, he might not play hockey again, but yeah, he's probably still a top five player. So I don't know. It's very it's a very confusing situation. I don't I don't play place blame on the Buffalo Sabers. I'm just saying we need some sort of third party almost to come in and make that decision before it's too late. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I guess what I'm getting at is like I think there's a middle ground where even if he's healthy, no one's been traded for that amount. And I think they're going to have a hard time getting the return that he is worth, presumably, as a top five center. I don't put him top five. He, he's top ten when he's healthy for me, and he's in the lower part of that ten. Um, but regardless, I, I think the big thing that has screwed them here was when Kevin Adams in early March made the comment about how this is a surgery that has never been performed on an NHL player before. And I think that's raised a lot of red flags yeah, for sure. general manners. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily fair mm-hmm. because I'm not saying pay the three first round picks and your top prospect and a roster player for them. Mm-hmm. But this is a talent that you're never getting a shot at again. That's just it, right? Through trade. Like, like you can, you can, you can keep say it's two first round picks. Yeah. What are the odds you're getting a Jack Eichel level player in those two first round picks, even as a team? Because the only teams that are trading for him are teams that are already in contention. No. So no, you no. don't think so? No. Well, Arizona isn't going to trade for him. He 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 makes you a contender by himself. You don't have to be a contender to go after. him. You have to have something around him. He he's proven that at least. You have to have it at least an NHL team. Like you can't be Arizona. You can't be. It's very much the same ilk as Anaheim is a tough argument. I don't know. What it's to make it's it the out. same ilk to me as it is when like the Nordiques traded Lindros. Mm-hmm. They had no leverage. The guy was not going to play for you. Sure. Yet somehow they still ended up with two whirlwind offers of just you know a uh, who's who list of prospects and picks and players and all the, all, all the same and yeah Lindros never got that cup but would Philadelphia be anywhere near what they were in the 90s without him probably not and then already even the 2000s like they made moves around him yeah and then once he was gone it's like well they're still good yeah you know and the Nordiques got their cup because they moved on from the guy and they got their whirlwind of prospects mm-hmm. and picks and stuff you know what i mean like i uh, was philadelphia a contender in 92 no not even close they had, they had nothing mm-hmm. they needed eric Lindros. so i i do believe that you can put jack eichel on okay pretty much any team i'm not saying every team becomes a contender for jack eichel but i think the list is a lot longer than the 10 to 8 teams that are contenders Sorry, I, I meant teams that, like, I guess I, I would meet you in the middle. Like, I, I, I it's not like I'm saying 8 to 10. I'm saying... Like, he doesn't have to go to Vegas. Your top, 
right. 16 to 20 teams in the league are probably your teams that it's going to make the biggest difference for, right? Like, yeah. you know, depending on where you, you look at the line, teams that sure. were, were bottom 10 this year, like I just, you know, yeah, what the fuck is San Jose going to really do with them? You know, probably I mean, not. Like they're going to no, be I get, still, I get it. right? Yeah. So, but... The Rangers, you know, the Kings, the Coyotes like, even. Like, like there, there's something there. You're... But unless Buffalo's smarter than we think they are, like you're telling me the Rangers would rather have fucking Capocago than than Jack Eichel. And then no. if 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 Buffalo is like, yeah, Capocago. You tell me the cool. Rangers want Alex Lafreniere over Jack Eichel? No. How could you? He didn't prove anything in the last year to suggest that he's going to show up at the NHL level. So get a guy that has. Yeah, and maybe the cost. The, Ra- is a the Rangers less. are the interesting e- equation, though, right? Because like, even the Devils, I go I, go, go Jack Hughes and a, a few pieces for Jack Eichel. It is interesting though, because the more names you name, the more I'm like, eh. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's it's just the whole thing where it's like the price that's been out there, the price where. You know, like, the the only thing that we know to go off of is what got leaked from Vegas. Yeah. And whether or not it's true, which I don't think it, it could be, because I don't know how Vegas wouldn't do it, where it was a first-round pick, it was Peyton Krebs, Nick Hag, and was it Tuck, maybe? It was a four-piece deal. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't even Tuck. tuck. Like, I want to say but... it was something even less than Tuck. Yeah. And... It was like, well, Vegas is humming and hawing on that. And it's like... Seriously? Dude, you're literally talking about Peyton fucking Krebs. Because the other pieces are shit you would trade just to generally upgrade on that position anyway. You know what I mean? Your first round picks, what, a fucking 27th overall? That's nothing. That's where I go back to it. Like, like the only logical explanation there is that Buffalo said something to them that said, yeah, he might not play hockey next year. Right. So... That's it. That That is the end of the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Is that Buffalo is scuttling this. And this is the agent coming out today and saying that's not the case. I get it's a gray area too because it's like you can talk to... Even if they tell you to talk to Eichel's camp, they're going to just tell you the same thing they've been telling the general public. Yeah. And then you can't take a guy to a doctor that isn't under contract on your fucking team. Awesome. So True. you can't do anything there. You can consult doctors all you want, but until they actually see a guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is tough. You think he gets traded? Absolutely. Before the start of the season? Absolutely. And at this point, I can't tell you where, because the offers are apparently undecipherable. It's going to be one of those things where we're all hanging out at camp yeah. or, or doing something on fucking Vancouver. August 21st. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hear an Eichel deal's coming through, it's like... Okay, oh, let's boy. drive to service here maybe for a little yeah, bit, no but shit. yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I'm, I'm Bruce Bataglia? Uh, yeah, well, yes, I'm, I'm interested by the day, but I, uh, yes, I'm Bruce Bataglia. Uh, are you signing off? I think so. We have one episode left for the season. And then we will let you know what is going on for season four. Uh, I th- I think I would preface, and I'm sure I'll say it again next week. Season four recording schedule 
you and I haven't even talked about it. It's going to be interesting, though, just yeah, because. Weird. Yeah, we, we, we may be entering a, a period here where we may be doing an episode every two weeks. We may be doing shorter episodes per week kind of thing. We might have five hosts. Uh, there may be different hosts. Um, things may be normal. It's it's really hard to say. But Jack Eichel um, could, be, could be a saber. He could not be. Who's to say? Turns out Jack Eichel's going to be the other host on the show. Jesus, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres. It didn't affect his uh, his uh, talking ability yeah. anyway. At least that neck injury. So uh, I mean, we'll see. But we do have one more uh, one more good one before we sign off for uh, six to eight weeks, kind of thing. It's like an injury. So we'll see where that goes. But um, we don't know when that's going to be. I guess is where I'm also going to. Uh, we may have one for you in a week. It may be closer to two weeks. Uh, James and I are entering a, a, a rough month here for scheduling things too. So the break's coming at a great time. But yeah. we will we will work out that season finale whenever we can. It'll be great. We'll have that for you, and then we'll, we'll be have back. Fun. We'll uh, have fun. Yeah. We'll be back late September ish. So um, yeah, I think I'm good. Are you good? I think so. You good? Cool. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Eat that! Leave us alone!